0: This is Jock Sampson, and if you ain't listening to Wrestling Tears Podcast, you are a low-down piece of shit. And I, if you don't listen to it, I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to beat up your entire family, and especially your grandmama. Listen, or burn in hell. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure, would help a lot.
1: Wouldn't you like to get away
2: Times you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always back.
1: You, you want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially here on the last episode. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We used to preview shows. We used to review shows. And now we have one last interview. I'm your host, Justin Summers. And Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. If you want to, while saying goodbye to us, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. you are ever listen to this fine podcast. Whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, R.I.P. Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible—I've been forgetting to mention that one. But yes, Audible and Podbean Wrestling If you want to, you can still find us on social media at Wrestling Cheers. Whether it be Facebook, Twitter. Or Instagram, Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheer. Email if you so choose to desire, which I don't know if that's a real phrase, but I've been saying it for so many episodes that at one point I just said, screw it, I'm just gonna keep saying it. But wrestlingcheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is the last episode of Wrestling Cheers. And We are here with a special guest, but before I get into all of that, let me just get some of this out of the way. Yes, this is the last episode. Episode 350. This has been on my mind since right around the time of episode 250. I didn't want to end on 300 because, I don't know, I just, I didn't want to be exactly at a particular 100 number. I do like the whole South Park succubus episode so tree fitty, uh kind of comes from that too but when aiw approached me last year to do the live podcast which was great and it's one of my you know kind of like highlights of this show but when that i was approached to do it i kind of figured out that it would be episode 300 and kind of an idea and i had things lining up for this because this past weekend as you're listening to this was the AIW second annual Fonzie tournament where last year we had the live show. So actually the original plan for me was I was going to do the live podcast. It was going to be a little bit different. Uh, I didn't want to do the game show thing again. Uh, the idea that I was kind of like throwing around in my head was to bring people on and interview them that never got to be on the podcast. So like Tim Dons was going to be there. I've been trying to get him for years mance warner was someone i was going to approach he's someone that i've kind of wanted on but i just honestly never pursued then after uh after those two uh the duke i don't know why i've never really approached ha- to have the duke on i think it would be potentially fun conversations i li- I love to hear what he has to say about certain topics and then potentially eric taylor is someone i wanted on i was all depend on who was going to actually be there but when it was kind of figured out that live podcasts weren't gonna happen, I defaulted onto this. So this week's episode, and I'm about to bring him on here shortly, is an interview with Jock Sampson. Now, to some people, that means absolutely nothing. But to me, it means a ton. See, Jock was on the very first episode, not of Wrestling Cheers, but of the Ohio Indie Report. Little quick background on me, I might have talked about it before, but just kind of like run into it is, I started podcasting in 2011, May of 2011. I joined this particular podcast community, and that was my introduction or part of my introduction to independent wrestling because there was a guy on that show who, on that show and then in that community, that loved independent wrestling. And through a handful of other things, that kind of, like, led me to independent wrestling. So I start going to shows in the fall of 2011, And at that point, I had started my own podcast network on, at that time, Blog Talk Radio with a handful of friends from that community. And we all, like, talked about things, for the most part, not wrestling, but his podcast was actually wrestling-based, but it was independent wrestling. And it was called the PK and AH Indie Spectacular. Uh, That was the initials of the two hosts in there. They were uh, PK and AH. They were both from England. So when I would go on there... I had my own segment called The Ohio Indie Report, and I would talk about shows that I had went to. And at that time, was basically just a PWO, which later became Prime Wrestling, which is no longer around, and of course, AIW. So, my show at that time was called NFL Easy Picks, because I love NFL football. And me and a friend started up that show in the middle of the 2011 season. We actually started it on a defunct platform now, but... Uh, we came together on Blog Talk Radio, started that show, and then when we created the network, the network went to on that network. So during the NFL season, we would get together and make picks for every single game, and you know talk about some of the results, uh, mostly the results of like how our teams did, and then how our picks did. So in the off season, because we weren't just going to talk football during the off season we created a second show that would go on on the same time slot because that block talk radio was live uh we did a show called anything goes where there was like no format no nothing like we just kind of did whatever we bullshitted a little bit of something you can see that has kind of snuck into my style of not necessarily having a format to go over but i do like having a skeleton now but it was a way of shooting the shit and just talking about whatever, randomness, all this kind of stuff. Well, when it got to the got to August of twenty twelve, we had some stuff lined up where we were gonna like kind of get ready for the NFL season. But like we had like particular things for these uh two episodes of anything goes. The first one I did an interview with Jessica Evil Eye, an MMA fighter who retired just last year from the UFC. while well, in MMA, but she you know she wasn't the UFC. Um this was before she was obviously in the ufc uh successful at the time but i went for those who don't know i went to the same school as jessica we were in the same grade uh we we go back far so my fir- that was my first interview and then after that we did a preview for wwe SummerSlam with justin labar and we had a special run-in from aaron bauer from aiw but he was also in pwo as aaron mcguire so he comes in, does this run in? There's a feud going on with him in the bar. He talks all this shit, and he eventually leaves. And then he kind of approaches me, uh, or he he gets a hold of me that weekend or so, and says like, "Hey, I got Jock available to do your podcast if you want." And at that, I mean, at that point, like we were about to transition towards the NFL season, and I was like, "Hey, I can't can't really do it." Like the, that was part of uh, had you on for. That stuff, or anything goes, and you know now I'm, I, I don't really have a place for it. But I had the PK and AH show, so we were going to preview Point Break from AIW, and then we were I was going to do it on the PK and AH show. But me and Jock got together through Skype, and we like previewed the show, and then like I sent it in to PK and AH, and they played it on the show. Well, that segment ended up becoming the first episode of rest of uh, the Ohio indie report because as i've said before chandler biggins said like you know too bad you don't have your own podcast and then i yeah i you know talked i talked to pk and ah and you know they gave me their blessing to do my own show to actually like become this spin-off of theirs so jock was on the first episode of the ohio india report i don't think he's been on since he might have like helped preview a jlit I'll ask him here shortly, but nonetheless, when ending this show or just in general, I like things that kind of end how they began. And if I was going to do the live show and surprise, by the way, I I don't know whether I said or not, I was going to do the live show and then be like, oh, by the way, this is it shows over. But the weekend of absolution, I decided to just make the announcement because at this point I knew the live podcast weren't happening. And going back to if the live podcast was going to happen I was going to have Jock be episode 249, which you heard last week, and it was Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Eric Kenry, which, huge shout-out for him to come on. But, you know, a huge shout-out to everybody who's been on the show, and I'm going to go through this list really quick for I bring Jock on, not counting the people that were the other people that were on the Ohio New Report, but at least, like, interviews that I've done since on Wrestling Cheers... I've had guests such as Gregory Iron, Josh Bishop, Ethan Page, Derek Direction, Derek Director, Derek Dillinger, No Shame, Jimmy Shane, Matt Taylor, Robbie Starr, Jackson Argos, PME, Josh Singh, Steve Guy, El Hernando Diablo, Magnum CK, Marion Fontaine, Chuck the Truck Norris, Chuck the Truck Morris, Brittany the Wilkman, and Righteous Jesse from Kick Out of Two, and Righteous Jesse has been on. He was on numerous Christmas episodes. He was the Christmas episodes. Frankie Friend, Brock from Smoke and J's Barbecue. Even though we've recently had our issues, you know, still a huge shout out. and Thank you to Thrift Store Jobber, Matt Fantone, Chad and Zach from the ND Cast, Eddie Only, Kaden came on as a guest. We had the Savage Dash on. PB Smooth, the first black wrestler that I've had on the show. Flex Jordan, who no longer wrestles. Brian Carson, Wes Barkley, Brett Ison, Kevin Koo, Marco Stunt, Stacey Silvers for coming on and doing a crossover with Super Fantastic, The Struggles, O'Shea Edwards, DCR, Cabana Man Dan, Ziggy Heim, Ben Center, Matt Wadsworth, Ryder Reed, One Called Manders, Charlie Butters and Jayhawk coming on when their podcast was called Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, Stoney Keeley, Dan Housen, Space Monkey, Lord Thomas the Brute, Mr. Brixter, Colin Delaney, Stepstool Stole Sarah, Jay Rose, Jay Gold, Veda Scott, Mouse, BJ Colangelo, appearing twice and the second time with her wife, Harmony, Nick Stapp, aka CPA, Dominic Guarini, Eric Stevenslash, also Eric Kenry, Lee Moriarty, Jaden Newman, Chuck Stone, shawnee clash jt from marks with Mike's, pat from the dark match podcast jt energy christian cobain tara calloway john mosley smart mark sterling trey lamar billy starks john thorne Kaplan coming on for a little bit of an episode not necessarily an interview jocelyn navarro xavier franklin jackson stone ac mac brian myers our good friend will from the co-host wrestling show Aiden Von England, Jeff Cannibal, both Marty and Sarah from Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, Sid Von England, Glenn Lane, Dylan Hornswoggle Postel, Adam Van, Alex Kane, Isaiah Broner, Bulking Season, Big Sue Jackson, TME, Shaw Mason, The Boar, Pete from Juggalo Rewind, and last but certainly not least, Jake Clemens. And there is also a ton of people that have been on for previews and reviews, you know, going back to the Ohio Indie Report days, Dustin Alberti, Juicy Pat Lucy, and I think we had uh, Peyton Vince back then too. And then coming into Wrestling Cheers, you know, we had Caden, and Caden was a, was a regular for quite some time here on the show. Obviously, we also had Ed from Pod Van Dam. We had Ed Bats, which is where we got Young Ed and Old Ed. And after a while, I dropped calling him young Ed, because Baz really wasn't on the show anymore. So we just, you know, you just had Ed from Pod Van or Now from Hiya, Bussy. You know, we also had Charlie Butters, Pam, Stacy, Brock from Smoking Jay's Barbecue, Rick Nelson, Thrift Store Jobber, Thrift Store Jobber, Pat, a.k.a. Ronald Two Legs. You know, and also, huge shout out to Caden, episode that I I kind of forget about from time to time. Episode 68 was an episode that granted I was on because I'm the one that puts everything together and all, all that kind of stuff, but there was an episode where Caden got a bunch of interviews when he was at Shimmer, and I always forget to count them on like my list. Because the list that I have is like people that have just been on the show that I've, you know, I've been on with and everything. But also Charlie Evans, Jessica Troy, Shaza McKenzie, and Nicole Matthews. Those were all interviews, small interviews that Caden did on his own, and uh, I threw them together for an episode, and geez, that was back in 2018. We also had one of our last editions, Marcy, and then I think for uh, there was a handful of shows we had Kenny from The Mystery Men and Orange Flacity I think that's everybody. <laughs> I just sat there here and, and went through a bunch of episodes i actually had a a list too on my phone that i would keep names down of people who could possibly be on previews reviews whenever i would ask them because i never wanted it to be someone else's responsibility but mine to be on the show because a lot of times you know people got other other things they want to do need to do or you know their work schedule is just a little bit different from mine to where you know mine's for the most part been fairly con- consistent um but I'm hoping I didn't miss anybody because that would suck. And there's, there probably is like one or two people that I'm forgetting about. Um, but huge shout out to everybody that I mentioned. And if I, if I forgot somebody, like I said, you know, still, thank you. You know, I, I couldn't do a lot of wrestling cheers on my own. I mean, I do, you know, kind of a bulk of it. But when it comes to like the discussing and scheduling, you know, it's it's a little different. I mean, technically, I did forget some of the the wrestlers towards the end. So, you know, I I'll, I had Jocelyn on prior. I had um, Isaiah Broner on prior, but the, uh, Sam Holloway and Austin James also coming on for some of the last previews, which you know harkens back to the idea that I had for the Ohio Indie Report, where I would I would try to bring wrestlers on. I mean, like that's why Jock was in the first episode because. I thought that was a unique thing, kind of. And um, there were podcasts out at that time that would kind of do previews or reviews of shows. But a lot of times it was like it wasn't necessarily consistent. Like that was like, you know, one week they, you know, might preview AIW. But, you know, the next week, you know, then I might be talking more about a Beyond show or something, something like that. And uh, that's kind of where I got the idea. And that was kind of my, my thing for the Ohio Indie Report as a whole is there was no one dedicated to this scene. And I've actually, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it before about how I kind of put kind of like a, like a claim or, you know, kind of this like restriction thing where it's like, cause when I started there, there were no, there were no podcast dedicated to this scene or, you know, that did a lot of previews and reviews type things. It was just wrestlers going on. Or people going on other podcasts to to do that, and same thing with uh, live podcast uh, live tweeting was people there was no one dedicated to just live tweeting Aiw. It was someone who like they would come out for a show, and yeah, they might live tweet it, but it wasn't every show. There was no there was no dedicated person, and that's where where I steps up. So when years later, all of a sudden, all these other podcasts start to like pop up or whatever, like yeah, I, I kind of took offense. Like, hey, when I did this, there was nobody. And now you're trying to step in on what I felt like was my territory. Now, I never really cared for, you know, AIW doing it because AIW is going to give you something different. They're going to give you a a more company-based thing. They're not going to throw out the same kind of predictions that I would on a preview or, you know, some of the panelists would because we're fans and we're going to speculate. And, you know, some of our speculations could be right. And that's not something they necessarily want. So... To me, that like that was something different. And then when at odds, when they were doing some small previews, reviews, I looked at that as as also something different, because Joe is going to give you a more, I I say more insider, as in someone who who's inside the business is going to look at things a little bit differently than I would. I think it's he fits somewhere between what I was doing or what we were doing with Wrestling Cheers and what AIW was doing. Maybe a little bit closer to AIW because a lot of times he seemed to be in the know on every on a lot of, I don't say everything, but like on a lot of things. So he wasn't going to exactly come out and say things so that I, I never cared about either. But I know that, you know, IW guide or IW TV guide that was called before and or even not ready for primetime wrestling where they wanted to review AIW stuff. And I was just like, Hey, like, can you not, can you just do something else? And, uh, uh, same thing with Powell driver podcast. I kind of expressed the same thing to them after they did a review of a, of an AIW show that they went to. And the way I looked at it for them was like, no offense guys, like you aren't as well versed in this and you're really not going to like do it justice at, at that point. Like, just let me do it. And you know, when I lifted the embargo, when I lifted that restriction, you know and now I, it, it doesn't matter and now even more it, it doesn't matter but for me it was just a respect thing because like i said i when i started there was nobody and then have people come in trying to do the exact same thing as me just not a fan now i'm i've you know matured in, in my time because you know i had kind of issues with marks with mikes and the dark match podcast when they first started because i felt like oh you're coming in on my territory You know, that did leave some bad blood between both of those podcasts. But, you know, we buried the hatchet of quite some time ago and, you know, we're good. And that's like part of my maturing process of just going like, okay, I don't have to create enemies here. I can talk to these people and like we can can come to an understanding. And that's, you know, that's where I was towards the end. But a huge shout out to everybody. I'm going to go through the plugs now because there's no need to go through them at the end. You know, I already mentioned where you could find the show on the social media, but, you know, friends of the show, Hiya Bussy, a wrestling adjacent podcast, you know, as a whole huge shout out to Ed, all his support through all the years and, you know, working for Pod Van Dam for a while was fun. I was actually going to leave the show right around the time that it ended. So it kind of worked out for for both sides because I was just, I was kind of getting tired of some things. And, you know, that was kind of like my... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done at the end of the year. Well it turns out the show was ending, so it didn't necessarily matter. But Ed has shown me a lot of support through through the years and I thoroughly love him for it. You know, super fantastic podcast might not be, you know, a regular show, but Stacy's support through the years too has been something that I have valued and you know, he's somebody that, you know, I remember meeting in line at AIW outside of Mount Carmel and I love talking with him. He's got a such a great voice, happy he has his own podcast, and uh, whenever it comes back or however, whatever he's going to do, you know, support the dude and all that. I'm going to be honest with some of these uh, plugs, too. Uh, the IndieCast was a podcast that, you know, we were good for many years, um, and then the past couple of years, like, I still kind of promote them. They're on the plug list, but, you know, we, I tag them in, like, every episode and we used to have a thing, and I still believe that this is kind of how it should be for a lot of promotions, uh, you know, people that are promoting things, promotions type thing, is that I tag you in my stuff, you tag me in your stuff, and then, like, we we retweet both sides. Like, we're going to support each other. I don't necessarily get that with the IndieCast anymore. I used to. Well, not anymore, sadly, but, you know, they're, they're still good. Sobros, you know, Sobros used to do a lot of uh, wrestling stuff, but uh, the wrestling guy left uh and yeah it's just they don't do as much with wrestling and then you know with southern underground pro not really being active for the past year or so like still good with them still good with like stony Keely and, and all that great great people love seeing them succeed game marks podcast um you know one point i had game marks podcast on here and off the hop rope you know supporting those you know major wrestling figure podcast network shows that are not necessarily as big as the, their flagship show. And I've had, you know, people from both on, on on this show, so I felt like it was more appropriate to throw them out there. And I, I subscribe to the Game Marks Podcast Patreon. It's a f- great show. And I suggest everybody check it out. I never threw it on here, but uh, Going Postal is, is a show that I highly recommend. Stars, yes. Dylan Postal, a.k.a. Hornswoggle, a.k.a. Swoggle. And... The other guy on the Game Marks podcast that was not on here, uh, George Fees, and you get to see a whole other side of Dylan, and I th- I thoroughly enjoy that one too. Power bomb Jitsu, been friends with these guys for you know many years. I I'll openly admit I don't listen to them a lot, but I know at one point you know I threw some like interview suggestions out to them because I was I was like I'm probably never going to get to these, but it makes sense for you guys to to interview them. And then, like I mentioned, Powell Driver Podcast, a, a newer podcast that has shown up within the last year, and they're doing a lot of stuff that I was doing early on with Wrestling Cheers. Uh, so support them, too. Fully Posable, you know, have all the, the figure-related shows that, you know, major in figure podcasts and all, all those related shows, I should say. But, you know, I'm a huge supporter of those, and I end up getting into Fully Posable about three years ago. I appear on there every few weeks, sending in a listener question. Jeff and Scott are great dudes. You know, I, and I, I appeared on there too, uh, as on a full episode. Wildly support those dudes. And one of the reasons why I supported them was because, hey, you, you guys are like me. You're independent. And I like showing those kind of type of podcast love. Also skipped over them in my, in my uh, on my list here, Biff Radio. Ben has been on the show and, He's someone that I kind of mentored a little bit with podcasting, gave him my my thoughts, opinions on on what he was doing. Uh, I think he's one person that it goes to show you that if you get a roadcaster, you can thoroughly improve what you're doing by just plugging it in. And that's not a knock on Ben, because some of this podcasting stuff takes time. If you go back and listen to some of the early Ohio Indie Report stuff, or even the early wrestling cheer stuff, like... There are episodes where the audio is horrible and I know Ben had some of those issues early on. One of which there were some episodes where like the the, the volume was down too low and like I was driving in my truck or you know the one I had it for work at the time and I have the ship blasted and I could like barely hear it. It's not that it was necessarily soft, but it's just it's just one of those things you learn like the right level that everything should be at. So I passed on my advice I'll be, I'll be brutally honest, Ben, you didn't do it at first, but once you got the roadcaster, it did some of that work for you. So it made it easier for you. And that's, uh, I've not had an issue with anything. I've listened to you for quite some time. Like, granted, I don't listen to the show much anymore. And that's the other thing with, with how my life has been over the past few years or just like anytime I went through a job change, my podcasting listening changed to where I would have more time or less time. And with my when I went got to my new job, there was a lot of like less time for shows, so there was a lot that I cut. And uh, Biff Radio, unfortunately, that was one of them because I didn't necessarily want to listen to like a lot of the music that you're playing. But if I saw a topic or an episode that sounded good, I made sure I listened to it. There's also Positively Pro Wrestling. I was on that show, and Steve and Eric are great dudes. Uh, but even before like I started interacting with them, like I had. Uh, I respected what they did and it was like a different style podcast and they're, they're great dudes. And there's another episode that I've appeared on. IW guide, indie wrestling guide, IWTV guide, uh, not ready for primetime wrestling. It's another podcast that I kind of help mentor early on. I feel like now Charlie doesn't need me anymore, but there, I mean, there was times that he was another person I would mentor. be like, hey, you got to do this, got to do this. And he'd be like, nah. In a way, he'd be like, no, nah, I'm fine. And something would end up happening. I want to say there might have been like a problem with recording one time. And I explained to him, and this, this isn't fucking serious. I will record a minimum of two things at one time type thing. Fucked up that sentence and, and how to word it. But basically, I will have two things recording during an episode. Because if one thing fails, I ha- normally have another. That's separate. And there's been times, depending on what I'm doing, that I could do three. Some of these episodes lately that have been done on Zoom, I could record on there. I think I only did it for like one or two. But it it, it, it doesn't hurt to have backup or a backup plan. So that's something that, you know, I've, you know, I learned the hard way. But they have progressed, and I think they've now turned into this hodgepodge of like Pod Van Dam and Press and Cheers. And, you know, that's, that's what they want to be. That's what they want to be, trying to fill two voids of two shows. Um, you know, I support them as much as I can, but that show has come a long way. Even, like, I'll openly admit, back when they were not ready for primetime wrestling and I was friends with them, like, I purposely kept them off the, the plug list because the show wasn't that good. I wanted them to, like, learn and kind of get better with some things before I, I put them on the plug list. And it wasn't being mean. It's just like, hey, I had people. I'm not going to say who told me this. Had someone connected with this show one way or another listened to kick out of two one time, kick out of two. You know, I, I thoroughly love them. Did I love how they recorded and how no offense, Jesse, how bad the audio was at sometimes? No, I I did not like that at all. But that was kind of like early in some of my maturing process with them because they were a, a podcast that I had, I had issues with that. Um. I said, you know what, that's kind of like their style, Um, you know, kind of kind of let it be, you know, it's not hurting anybody to do what they're doing. If they're happy with it, they're happy with it. But, you know, I had someone who listened to them kind of complain to me about how bad their audio was. Now, it was literally in the handful of like last episodes they had where Brittany was no longer. Well, not that she was no longer there. She was out of town for work for quite some time. And, you know, it was Jesse having to get a new computer and find different ways to record. And yeah, like some of those episodes audio wise were bad. And this person, you know, said like, hey, I tried listening to them. It was horrible. I couldn't do it. So would be a reason, like I said, why I kind of kept not ready for primetime wrestling off the plug list. If you catch my grift, I will openly admit this is not a show that I listen to. But this involves people that I consider friends and I think people should listen to them. Like, if it's something that you're into, give him a listen. Might not be my thing, but doesn't mean it's not your thing. You know, I already mentioned Marks with Mikes. You know, JT and I were enemies for a while. And then in 2019, we buried the hatchet, shook hands, and we've been, you know, we've been good ever since. Anytime we see each other, you know, slap hands and all that. Greetings, how's how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And he's a great dude. He's a dude that I haven't seen in a while, and I, I'm going to openly say that I, I miss seeing him. So huge shout out to Marks with Mike's JT and of course Cheech too. Cheech, I haven't seen him as much lately, but you know he was a dude that would show up at AIW shows and you know he was a really cool dude. Juggalo rewind. Listen, there's been lately a big thing of being a Juggalo around IC uh, around uh, AIW and I love it. I I'm getting like deeper back into it and it's partially because you know because of uh, Juggalo rewind, but you know that's a fandom that I was a big part of for many years stepped away from it then came back like 15 years later and you know that's it means a lot to me And I'm, i'm looking at the fandom differently now than when i was a teenager for the good and for the bad and uh juggalo rewind is a show that i love listening to i'm going to get a little bit more involved in it uh through some listener participation coming up but also uh I know I'm going to be on their next season, because what they do is they, they pick an album within the Juggalo universe, and they review it, or they go over it uh, track by track, episode by episode, so each season is an album. They are they just finished season four, which is Blaze You Dead Homies, One Less G in the Hood. Season one was Twisted's Most Tasteless. Season two was... Dark Lotus, Tales from the Lotus Pod, both versions. Season three was Wizard of the Hood. And then there was these like small bonus seasons that weren't necessarily numbered that covered like the the Christmas album, uh, one of the How the Wicked singles or CDs that had like different uh, few tracks on it. And after I had Pete on, he told me what the next season's going to be. And I claimed an episode. I was like, well, I want to be on episode four. I'll reveal it here, kind of. I'm not going to go into full detail. Episode four is going to be a song called The Greatest Show. If you know the album it's off of or set, it's not really an album, wink, wink. But if you know what it's off of and you know why it's number four, yeah, so I'm, that's why I'm going to be on it. And uh, for those who don't know, I will say The Greatest Show is the ICP version of the Oddities theme. So that's kind of why I called it. Then everything goes well. I I should be on the episode. But we are some time away from that. So I'm looking forward to it. So shout out to Juggalo Rewind. X-Over. um, Again, I, I honestly don't listen to X-Over. But Marcy is a part of Wrestling Cheers. And Marcy was... Or is, I should say, is a part of uh, IW Guide. And she's a part of, you know, the AIW family. So it's, I want to support her in what she's doing. The least thing I could do is, you know, throw the shout out on the podcast. If what she's doing is something you're interested in, you know, check her out. Check out Xover. This ends at prom. You know, I had BJ and Harmony on. Those are some great, wonderful women. And... I enjoy listening to that podcast whenever I can. It's not a ton, but if they post an episode of a movie I've already seen, I listen to it. If they post an episode of a movie I haven't seen, but then later I see it, after I see it, I go back, listen to the episode. Most of the episodes are evergreen, or most parts of the episode are evergreen, so you don't feel too out of place. But a huge shout out to them. And like I said, even though I'm not necessarily on... Great terms with Thrift Store Jobber. Check out Meet Me at Applebee's. His NASCAR podcast, NASCAR, is something you are interested in. Check him out. Also, not really uh, on great terms with At Odds With Wrestling, but, you know, check them out. Joan Adam, do a good job. And it was a show that I always enjoyed listening to. Other friends of the show, The Mystery Men. You know, Kenny has shown a lot of support through wrestling cheers, even going back to the Ohio Indie report. And I love him for it. Can't wait to see him again. And also it's, it's crazy. Like how much stuff that we also support, like obviously he supports AIW, which is why, you know, how we got into the Ohio Indie report. He supports fully posable. He supports, or uh, he supported off the hop rope. So he, he is a great dude. So check the mystery men out. Redline radio, you know, people I've made friends with over the past handful of years, and you know, I was on Redline Radio a couple times, like live in studio. They used to do a lot of stuff with OCW, but OCW kind of, in a way, had people split from Redline and work with them, and then they started their own network type thing, which is I know it's where Power Driver comes from. So you know, but still not taking sides. Check out uh, Redline Radio. I can't say enough about Mouse's Wrestling Adventure. Great dude, great family. Billy is right now just really starting to show the world what she has, and there's I still think there's a ton more left, but he's been a great supporter of the show throughout the years, and hopefully I, I, I get to meet Mouse one day. You know, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram and Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, both run by our good friend Righteous Jesse, and he's another person... You know, I mentioned about the issues I had with Kick Out of Two and all that kind of shit. And we have developed a great friendship over the past five years. Went from being enemies to now being like good friends. Been on this show a ton for Christmas episodes, as well as uh really fueling my physical media collection bug. Heart of Gold, I love Jonah. I think I've been to Heart of Gold twice. It's not exactly an easy place to get for me to get to, it's not like it's, you know, right around the corner type thing. Great food. Love Jonah. Love supporting him and loved old company, uh, not old, uh, good company too. Toy Hayo Toy Show. You know, that's something that w- been a supporter of since, uh, yeah, I think uh, early 2019. Uh, Toy Hayo Toy Show and Time Capsule Toys. Rick, great dude. Miss Tom Troll. But, you know, there were many Toy Hios that, you know, me and Stacy found ways or me and Butters found ways to talk about here on the show. Smoke and Jay's Barbecue. Brock's a great dude. Another great supporter of the show. At one point, there was the uh, promo to get a discount. I don't think that's necessarily a thing anymore because there's not necessarily a physical location, but love Brock. And i just seen him this past weekend. 20 by 20 Apparel. Uh, ran by the same people that do Juggalo Rewind. They also do a lot of stuff with old wrestling, like sponsoring the... Sponsor. They sponsor a lot of shows, but they're also supporting uh, sponsoring the Detroit show because they are from you know Detroit. JCP designs, great dude. I obviously we have our own graphic designer. Get to him here in a few. But I love what he does, and I love his connection to the community as a whole. Midwest territory. I was supposed to like post my stuff through there, but I end up never doing it because we used to have, or I used to be a part of the trending topics network. I left them. In the spring of last year, because I knew like this day was coming and I just wanted to not have to pay for the dues and everything for another year and everything. So I was just like, ah, like I'm good for now. I'm just going to do this instead, just post it on its own feed still. But I was going to do something similar where I would post however through them. Just never did it, but I, I do give them a shout out and say that as brought to you by Midwest Territory. Southern Underground Pro, you know, they haven't been active in a while. But we had a year sponsored every single show and, you know, I got to go down to a show, just great people all over that scene. You know, if they come back, check them out, check out old footage, check out some, anything of them. They are great people down there in Nashville. My boy designs the official graphic designer of wrestling cheers since day one. One of the things that I wanted to do was not necessarily get outside people. Early on with Wrestling Cheers, you know, I was, I was fo- focusing on AIW. We were getting local, obviously, fans to be on the show. Kind of changed a little bit, but the whole point is, like, you know, everything is here. Why don't I get one of us to do the logos? And Moy Boy has, has done me good. He's done fine by me. And I've, you know, commissioned him to do some other projects outside of Wrestling Cheers. One being something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on going forward or some of this time that I'm going to have left over now. Uh, the Kent Browns backers, he designed our new logo and we get ton of compliments for it. You know, I'm the one that commissioned it, came up with kind of the design idea, but it was my boy that absolutely killed it. And another shout out I want to throw on here when we, we used to be on the Trading Topics Network, there was a list of shows that we would plug Two that I want to mention right now. Number one, all beer inside. Carp has been a you know friend of mine through many years. For many years, we've done different shows together along with our friend Keith. And you know, seeing him getting out there doing things like I have done with Wrestling Cheers, but with with beer is cool to see and a huge love and shout out to him. And then the last one I'm going to mention is the Spanish announce table. They just celebrated ten years of their podcast. I had, you know, I've had them on here, Tim and Tom. And these are dudes that I go back a long time with. And, you know, Tim more than Tom. I met Tom through Tim, but when they started the Spanish Announce Table, Tim and I go back to a show called the Allresting.com We review. And that was my first podcast I participated on and was a part of. And him and I worked together on that show fairly quick. And kind of one of my older internet friends through podcasting. I don't listen to that show a ton, just again, cutting shows when I change jobs, but yeah, huge, huge shout out to them, especially on 10 years. I do make appearance on the 10 year episode, uh, sending in the submission, congratulating them and stuff. So if you can, it was last week's episode, check that out. Spanish finishing out the table. Uh, so I've had, I've had Jacques on hold for quite a while, so let's bring him on now, Jock. Sorry for the long wait, but how are you doing this evening?
0: Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you,
1: dude? It's it's been it's been quite a while, but I'm wrapping up this show. You're wrapping up your uh, career, and it seems fitting because you were on the very first episode of the Ohio Winnie Report.
0: Yeah, I think I remember that. It was I think it was after uh,
1: Absolution? 7? Yes, so it was. I believe it was after Absolution Seven, and then right before um, Point Break.
0: Ah, that's right. I mean, Mm -hmm. man, it's been a long. I mean, what what is AIW? What is this? Their fifteenth or sixteenth Absolution?
1: They just had Absolution. They just had Absolution sixteen, and then you got to figure too, There were two years without it. Twenty twenty and twenty twenty one did not have Absolutions.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So 16th and, and man, I think that was my, my daughter. Well, Yeah, she- Because we had a big storm here. We had a big storm here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she... And I remember staying at my mother-in-law's and I had to shave my whole body outside on the porch because nobody had electricity for like uh, like three weeks. Because, I mean, derecho came in and knocked the shit out of heaven. People had generators going crazy, fighting over all of our gas and food and shit. So I think it was 12. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 2012. Yeah, because that's, that's when I first started doing the whole podcast thing, because uh, it was because like we recorded for a show that I was doing a segment on called The Ohio Media Report. And then Biggins told me when I was leaving Point Break, oh, like, too bad you don't have your own show. And that got me thinking. I'm like, oh, shit, I I could start my own thing. up And then, yeah.
0: And then here we are, 11 years oh. later and
1: yeah i did, did Crazy. The, i did the re, rebrand to wrestling cheers years later this is episode 350 and you you yourself are close to wrapping up your career
0: yeah this is my last year i've decided that uh i got a lot of stuff in my life yeah, definitely. you know my daughter is nine years old now which is insane to think yeah you know i'm coaching her softball teams and i've been a I just never thought I I would be wrestling this long. It'll be seven. It'll my 18th year starts on October 30th. I've had over 1156 matches. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had a pretty good run. And I think it's just about time to, you know, and I'm not saying I'm retiring because I think it's absolutely stupid to say you're retiring professional wrestling. We quit. We leave the business. We don't get no pension. We don't get no four hundred one k. We don't get none of that. Mostly, you know, uh, we just a You know, and I, I'm weird in a way because when I'm done, you know, I you know I want to. I don't want all the pomp and circumstance that a lot of people get. If I don't, if I don't have to, if I can freaking, I'm not doing no big speech after my last match. I don't want to have a thirty minute match. But if I'm forced to do it, you know, I'm gonna make sure that I'm not going to be a dickhead. You know, you got to put over the young talent. You got to tell everyone how good they are, which they really are good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, you need to take time in your speech to to talk about them and, and the future of the business to make sure you let people know that it's in good hands mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I've seen retirement speeches where if someone just talked about themselves for 30 minutes and I mean, yeah, we get it. It's about you, but it's also about the next generation. So, I just want to go away. I want to lose and go away, you know. Put my boots on. I ain't taking my damn boots off, sticking them in the middle of the ring. Because if somebody pays me to come back for one match, you know, I'll come and do a match here or there. One match a year, maybe two matches, or I'll just – if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I got no responsibility. I ain't got to worry about lugging no championship belt around. <laughs> you know? if I want to go do something, I'm going to go do something. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I've never gotten to do in the last 17 years. You know, I get jealous when I go to a wrestling show and I see people cooking out on a Saturday and I'm like, man, why can't I do that today? Yeah. I mean, why can't I go swimming with my family today? But now I got to go put the spandex on, you know, well, back in the day when I did it, I pissed people off now they like me. So, (laughs) but it's definitely a different world for sure. But, uh, It's time to make it about my daughter, Yeah, you know, my wife, that darn damn Linda. (laughs) You know, that damn Linda dragon lady is what I call her. But uh, I'm just looking forward to it, man. You know, uh, I really am. It's a little
1: bit how I feel of like how I'm hanging everything up. I don't want to say I'm retiring or quitting because I feel like eventually I could be like, you know what, I want to do this again. But my big thing is like having the having to put out a podcast weekly is super annoying. And just kind of like you were saying of how you have you get jealous of other people. Like there's times like I want to come home and just like maybe I don't want to do anything. I just want to like eat dinner and go to bed. But instead, like, oh, no, I got to edit this podcast and everything. And, you know, it, it was a lot of fun for a point. But at this point, it's like. I'm going to take roughly, I say a year off and then I'll decide from there, but I'm not doing weekly, um, that I could very much, well, after a year go like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not coming back. I'm enjoying my time too much. So.
0: Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like I, I'm, I don't, I've never been jealous of a, another pro wrestler, but I get jealous of regular people doing regular things. <laughs> yeah. And I knew when I started getting jealous of regular people, you know, I saw some dude walking his dog one day and I was like, what an arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> and now i'm sitting in a damn car and you know her, destroying my body and i'm stiff as a two by four and you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah man I, i'm good it, it feels you know you know you know what it is i i think i think people can hang on too long mm-hmm. you know and and people can live their lives however they want to but sometimes you just hang on too long and I, i'm 44 man nobody wants to see my old ass you know granted they they don't talk like me and they don't act like me but i mean it is a different business now and i gotta leave it to them and mm-hmm. in, in better shape hopefully i left it better shaped and so hopefully there's a
1: um, crazy thing that just i just remembered out of nowhere too i i forgot that you were at my first aiw show and it wasn't even just you had a match there yeah uh, i i want to say that might have been your debut where you was i lingering around in the crowd yeah it was hell under seven yep and then you attack the dude i remember that because i remember at that time like not not necessarily knowing who you were but it's like all right this guy's in gimmick walking around like what's 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 this about and then yeah whenever duke's match came up which halfway through the show or something you attacked him and you know led on to that feud
0: and it's just like oh shit yeah Yeah, i I forgot about that i remember how that all came to be you know um (laughs) So, when JT Lightning passed away, you know, and everyone knows great Cleveland promoter, you know, Biggins did a memorial show for him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I got a story here later that was a crazy story that happened. Uh, I'm in this, I'm in the World Battle Royal, and I got these, I got them rodeo clown boots that I've always, that I wore for years. Mm Mm-hmm. And Biggins kept putting them over. It's like, I love those boots. So <laughs> if it wasn't for those boots, I would have never gotten booked at AIW. And the first time I got I got the call, I hadn't I've never heard of AIW. And I knew I had no idea it had the steam that it did. Mm-hmm. I had no clue because I'm c i am I was compl- I'm completely oblivious to uh, or 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 anything. If it doesn't involve my career, mm-hmm. you know, I just you know, I don't, I know how to do me, but so if it wasn't for that, like there, you know, I remember someone said, I saw you in a W man, that's great. And I'm going, cool, man, it was because I started seeing all the people that were roaming around and, uh, you know, met Thorne, met Biggins. And it was in the same building, that church where JT Lightning ran his last show, whenever that was mm-hmm. maybe a year before. Okay, And I wrestled wildfire, Tommy rich for him. And, uh, and then I was involved in, in the bloody, and, and I don't, you know, any, but they said, you got to go get involved in Mad Men Pondo and the Sheikis match. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, they're out there bleeding goddamn buckets. <laughs> you, you could see me not touching them with my fucking hands. I want nothing to do with it. I go break the pen up. It was most piece of shit breakup you've ever seen in your life because I'm not wanting to get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm trying
2: to find something in
0: Fondo that was uh, not covered in blood to pick him up to get beat up. And I think I got that I needed to. So <laughs> fire runs, comes off, runs comes off. That AIW did that show and uh I just kept walking around and people, you know, wondering who the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh Hannah Hannah uh Haas, JT's daughter, was running the the concession stand. she just kept <laughs> the only thing they were selling was uh nanny light. <sighs> I, I I bet you I went through twenty two beards before you know was jumping, you know, before I had to jump the guard guardrail and get on the Duke. It was just kind of funny because where I where I was trained, never saw guys in the ring before the show going over their matches. Like it was taboo, like coming up for me, yeah, to see to get in the ring and pre plan your match. Like if you got caught planning your match at, where I was trained in West Virginia, the old timers would kick you out of the kick you out of the locker room and fire you. Wow, yeah. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting there looking. You know, my wife came with me and they're like, What what do you you know, I'm sitting there going like what the fuck are they doing? Why are they going through this whole song and dance? And that just confused the shit out of me. And I understand that, you know, and you catch me doing it now, and I'm, ne- I'm I bet you my first three hundred matches, I, or first two hundred matches, I'd never called a spot in the back. Mm-hmm. I just w- was forced to go to the ring and call it and I would refuse for anybody to tell me what they wanted to do. And I was like, well, I'm the heel. I'm going to go out there and call this goddamn thing. You know? So I think that's why I was always comfortable in my skin from the get go because I was forced to call everything in the ring and I had to listen to guys who'd beat your ass if you fucked up. Mm-hmm. So you had to, you know, come up and to catch guys in there calling the matches. That I just blew my mind. I was like, what in the fuck are they trying to get there? Are they trying to get fired here or what? You know, I'm just walking around and drinking beer all night <laughs> Then guy did the spot and went home, went went to Denny's. Yeah,
1: it, it's crazy <laughs> just to think about just that feud because like what I tell people too, like around that time, like if you go back and just relive that feud in particular, the fact that the the Duke since after your match has been heel ever since, it feels yeah. it feels so weird to watch like good guy Duke come out and you know smile like. But I lived it. I remember it. But still, I can go back and relive and go, oh, that just that just feels weird.
0: Yeah. Like, I, you know, when I first met him, I'm going, this guy's going to be the baby face. <laughs> I'm like, he's kind of a natural dickhead. <laughs> I mean, and, and he is. A, I mean, I'm not going to ruin anything, but I, I, I actually like the guy. Yeah. So. So we started talking. Never never met him before in my life because they, when they hit, Biggins is the one that booked me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Biggins. Yeah, it was Biggins because Biggins was a fan of guys like me. Yeah. He wanted more guys like me, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, But I'm sitting there talking to him and, and I'm going, all right, we're going, we're going to do this thing. And he's like, you know, we're going to do something, 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 you know, whatever. And then the, you know, the rest is history. We had like it was a really good story. And that's, that's what pro wrestling is to me is the story. If you just put me and him in there and let us have matches with nothing that means anything that, that bull rope match at absolution don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the fact that me and him, <laughs> that they sent these two old schooled fat dudes, you know, <laughs> one with a beard, one clean shaven went and stole a show at absolution absolutely blows my mind compared to what people, you know, and I don't know if we stole it or not. I just know a lot of people believe it was the best absolution match of all time, which <laughs> wow. You know, me and Duke like to tell everybody that because I know it pisses some people off, but
1: <laughs> I, I think but the, the fact at, that we, we got there at, at was th- incredible at this point. Like it is so memorable and y- you talk about like it, what it, it is that story. And are there matches that are up there in absolution history? I'm going to say yes, especially like, you sure. know, you, you had gauge and Donst, the, the type of a match that they had Kingston and, uh, Ethan page. But I think maybe it's on paper for someone outside of AIW, you know, the Duke versus Jock Sampson is a match you would look over, but a being around for that storyline and having the match that you guys did like I really can't tell you off the top of my head other things that happened on that show. I know the Briscoes were there and they went against the Irish yeah, Airport. Yep.
0: Uh and I think that I think Adam Cole was there.
1: I think he was too. And then the main the main event is when Nixon debuted, but like when I think of that absolution, nice. the first thing I think of is you and the Duke. And I know like a couple of, actually during COVID. In 2020, I like revisited that pay-per-view and like we did a review on it. And it's like, yeah, that match is still fun.
0: It, it was weird because when we came to the back, we had all the young guys that did all the acrobatic moves. They were tapping their hands. I was like, I've never had, first time I've ever had a standing ovation. Not I take that match at the same time. Oh. You know, it was just, when you have a match like that, like there's no feeling, you know, in, in your profession that, that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that feeling and that match was the best match I ever had in my career. So nothing, nothing will ever, you know, an AIW, nothing to me will ever were top that that I was involved. I mean, we've tried and tried and tried. Like when you when you have your first big match, at, and and it's the best match, you know, on the on the show. Boy, goddamn, it's hard to top that. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, yeah, it was something memorable. I remember that was the first time he ever he ever bled in a match, and he did too hard, and he couldn't see. Okay,
1: and that I, so, other thing I remember because I think I was right in front of it. That old ass table that I I think had trouble breaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's st- it had trouble breaking. Uh, he went to get me one time, and I just slipped. I just fell right off of it. Slipped right off. Like he went to. Jump on me, and I couldn't believe it, it didn't break. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets me up, walks me to the middle, and and then he drops. Then the crowd just goes nuts, starts saying, Holy shit. And then, there, you know, I remember someone posting and said, The show here at absolute Show with like the, you know, the Airborne and the, you know, all these big name guys that are real good wrestlers, you know. I'm not saying we're not good wrestlers, we're a different type but the style that we work the fact that people love that match but like i said the story was what made the match mm-hmm. like they were ready to see that and then duke supposedly retired
1: <laughs> we talk about retiring that yeah matter. we're
0: talking about retiring
1: <laughs> he's the he's the hospital but champion still still going strong still going strong yeah so even like outside of the duke too like your, your AIW career, like, I don't mean to like, just like deep dive into your, your, uh, AIW career, but just some of the things I think of, I don't too. Mind. uh, you also got to work with Tracy, Tracy Smothers.
0: <laughs> oh man. Hey, there, I, I tell you right now, there's never been a guy who I've ever worked with that was more selfless than, than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would, he would go out of his way to, uh, make sure that I was okay, that I was comfortable. Yeah, You know, uh, I remember we had a match and it was a match that was during uh, J-Lit weekend, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had it booked like it was some, you know, big, 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 technically physical encounter and anybody that knows Tracy or me, we're just gonna sit there and talk shit. (laughs) Yep. So, we have a match to where we talked for 30 minutes to start the match and, uh, Neither one of us took a bump, you know. The crowd was into the match, and it was—I mean, it was the most absurd match I've ever had the pleasure of having in my life, and I mean absurd in a good way. Um, right in the middle of the match, uh, the Submission Squad, who, who was a name from the past, they come in and jump me and Tracy. So Tracy then gets on the microphone, and says, "I'm going babyface right now. We're going to have a tag team." <laughs> Yeah. I turned my back. He says, "I'm going heel." Whoop! I'm just kidding. I'm going baby face. And he he went heel face, heel face, like a couple times. And then, yeah. and neither one of us took a single goddamn back bump. And and I mean, the crowd was really that I get the pin. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't need it. I don't need the pin. I'm like, yes, sir. Whatever you want to do. I I was just like, whatever you want to do, sir. I'm completely 150 percent okay with. It. We had a, a, I mean, an hour. We had an hour, hour and a half, long ass. And it, it, it's incredible to think that that we didn't even take a single goddamn back bump. <laughs> Shows you how good Tracy is. But we didn't. We didn't. We, you know, we were also the the match that was different than every other match, too. Mm-hmm. But you know, but they came and told Tracy, you know, uh, take as long as you want. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's As long as you want to go.
1: That's that sounds like a typical Tracy Smothers match, and I I mean that as a, as a compliment because there's like one of my favorite matches is him versus Cole Cabana. And yeah, it's about 20 minutes before that match, like for the bell rings. It's great. I loved it. And like going back and like revisiting it uh a handful of years ago, I was like, Oh my God, like I loved every moment of this before. And I love it now.
0: I have stole so much shit that Tracy Smothers taught me and that I put in my career. I, I, I still do a lot of stuff that he would do. Mm-hmm. because that's something I would, you know, that's, I realized after wrestling him, this is the shit I should do. This is shit that I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I kept calling him uncle Tracy. I mean, we had a tag team match with me and Tracy versus Colt and Cliff Compton. Okay. Yeah. So Tracy would disappear from time to time. And it was on a Sunday of uh Oh, wrestle Ranger, And I remember I got so goddamn fucking drunk the Saturday night because Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech, and we all know <laughs> yeah. how I am about that. And I was—I I, I remember puked. They had, this hotel had two sinks. I puked in both sinks, and then puked in the toilet, and I puked in the in the, in the uh, tub. Mm-hmm. That's how much I puked. And so when my buddy got up to wash his hands, he went to one sink. There's vomit in it. He went to the other sink. There's vomit in it. And he went to the toilet. There's vomit in it. Plus shit. Ugh. Then looked at the bathtub and there's vomit in it because I, I, I mean, and I had to go do that match with one of the worst hangovers I ever had in my life, but Tracy, so we're getting ready talking over the match and going through things and Tracy would come in and throw something in. Then he'd walk away. He'd come back, throw something in, walk away. So everything that we had planned for me to do, because I know my job is to take an ass kicking because I, I was supposed to be the young guy for Tracy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and everything that I was supposed to take, he gave me the night off because he knew I was hung over and he went and did the stuff without telling me. He just hopped in the ring and did everything spot for spot that I was supposed to do to give him the night off. I never asked for it, mm-hmm. but he, he just was a good dude. He mm-hmm. cared about people. He knew I had a rough night. He was at the bar. He saw me. I had a rough night, <sighs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, I mean, what a wonderful human being. And I, I got to work with him so much. I think for like a two year span, it was me and him at AIW mm-hmm. for a long time. And they were, they eventually brought, they brought bunkhouse buck in with Robert Parker, me and him. We were hanging out. Like we got to the point at AIW to where we would have all the, the, the older name guys that biggins liked. Mm-hmm. And we'd all be sitting at a table playing cards, drinking nanny light, <laughs> And Missy Hyatt's there, Buck's there, uh, Dick Justice was there, uh, Colonel Rob Parker in his third leg was there. (laughs) I mean, the Dutch Mantell was right there. We're all sitting there playing cards, and I can't remember which kid it was, but it's one of these young kids walks up to me and says, what are you guys doing? I says, we're playing cards. He says, don't you guys got to go over your match? I said, no. I said, for one, I don't have to go over this match. Until they tell me what we're doing, because I'm not the boss tonight. These guys are the boss, and Tracy was in the match. He's over there asleep on a towel. <laughs> and he kept waking up every 20 minutes and walking over to me and saying, Hey, Jock, can you wake me up in about an hour? And I said, Yeah, I did that too. He'd still wake up again and come back, and you wake me up in an hour. And it was the weirdest thing. And everyone's looking at us like we're the laziest wrestlers in the world because we didn't even plan anything. We just said, Oh, your match is up. So we put the cards down and went out and did our, th- went, did our thing. But, yeah. uh, I, I've had some good shit at AIW, man. I've had some good, good stuff. They put me in some good positions. They got me with buff Bagwell. And oh my and God, well, that yeah. was, that was wild. Was you that... know, I got a buff Bagwell story. If you want to hear it, shoot that had nothing to do with AIW. Okay. So my f- first or second year in buffs in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And, uh, They had, my job was to take him around town, show him a good time. So of course we go to the the gentleman's club and buffs in there and and everyone knows who he is. And I'm sitting in the corner being a good boy. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just relaxing, having fun. He's like, go get you a lap dance. It's on me. And he gives me money Mm -hmm. to go get a lap dance and buy, and I'm, I buy him a beer, but he, he bought me two lap dances at this gentleman's club. Like he didn't have to, like I mean don't get me wrong he didn't have to do it so we leave the bar we leave the strip club and go to a restaurant in Parkersburg called the Omelet Shop okay yeah so we go to the Omelet Shop and uh, Buff says well breakfast is on me so I order my food and they look at Buff said what can we get you sir and he said I would like twelve egg whites and Lee says you want what <laughs> I would like twelve egg whites. And mind you, this place is right off the of 7750 mm. and it's called the omelet shop. It specializes in eggs and they don't know how to make egg whites. And about 15 minutes later, he's doing that Buff Bagwell dance in an aisle way. And we got kicked out by the security guard because he was like, let me come back and cook them. I can cook them. How do you call yourself an egg place? The omelet shop. if You don't know how to make eggs, egg whites. So we walked down the street to another restaurant. He bought me breakfast. So I got kicked out of a restaurant with Buff, my first or second year in. So it was a uh, yeah, damn wild story. I think so I know. that's my Buff Magwell story.
1: I think I know exactly where that omelet shop is.
0: I had to double double check. Yeah, right, where, I had to double check yeah, where Parkersburg seventy seven and fifty.
1: Yeah, I had to double check where Parkersburg was. And yeah, I uh, used to be kind of in that area a lot with my. I used to go to Washington, West
0: Virginia. Washington, West Virginia. That's right across from my house now. The uh, what'd you go to Washington for? Uh, for my job, uh, delivering to uh, DuPont, DuPont, DuPont. yeah, yep. You've seen that movie, haven't you? <laughs> what dark movie? water? No, it's about that plant. I'm gonna have to watch Mark that, Buffalo, yeah. That's like, like, what three minutes from where I live now on the Ohio side,
1: yeah. Wow, I uh, like, the previous place I used to work for would deliver it wasn't like the main part, but like, because like actually, like, they have like a lot of warehouses. And like we, would yeah. deliver, we were delivering cardboard, or I was delivering mm-hmm. cardboard, and there was a, yeah, it was like part of Dupont that we would I, we would go to. Yeah, so I'd go to like as soon as you said because like West Virginia has a ton of those Alma Chops, and I was like, oh I know I, I was like I think I, oh, I know I think I know exactly where this is. Let me double check, and I'm like yep, double check we're part of dinner. Yeah, sure and yeah, you
0: know, they used to have a restaurant called the Mountaineers where we walked to, and it was like right on the same road. Mm-hmm so yeah I, yeah but look at that movie dark water because that's actually where i live about i mean if you watch that movie it'll piss you off it'll piss you off if it don't piss you off you ain't a, a human being you know it's uh it's wild man
1: yeah i forgot i even forgot you had a match with uh with buff bagwell and aiw but that yeah because that had to be uh jay another jay story
0: i think it was jay yeah
1: yeah because yeah that, jesus that, now now i gotta go through go back because kind of what you were saying with uh some young wrestler uh, asked you like if you were going to play in your match. I know that was an absolution because Dutch Mantel was at an absolution at that. Yeah, because actually, was that was that the one after Biggins passed, or was that before? No, Biggins was still with us. Today. Okay, okay, then yeah, then that was the, the year before. So now I got to go back to that absolution, yeah. see all the younger wrestlers that are on there. That almost sounds like it would be like an AIW student, like someone who's like brand new.
0: Yeah, they couldn't understand me. I think that's where I met Wes Barkley for the first time. It might have been him. Oh, but man, I love the kid. I love Wes. Yeah, might have been Wes. I was actually just about to say because, like, I
1: I had him on recently where we like previewed an AIW show, and he was just about to do Greek Town with you, like, do on that Canada tour, and I was just like, yeah, and I was like, at that point, you were supposed to be on the second to last episode, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have Jock on, blah blah blah, and like, we started like getting into that kind of conversation because, yeah, I I forgot, like, he, you guys overlapped a little bit, but. Yeah, like he's yeah. like now the AIW intense champion.
0: Yeah, man, I love the kid, man. He's going places. He's a good kid, man. You can't, yeah, I, I you know, I wish, I, I wish I had a few more years left in the business. And I mean, I'm glad I got to wrestle him up in Greek town. So uh, I was happy about that because I really, I really think a lot of him. Good kids.
1: He was one of those people that he first started appearing on the AIW podcast, and like there was just something about it, just his personality that way and then he debuted and like he he had he had more personality than a lot of wrestlers i've ever seen like when they debut and i'm like shit, he's just starting out
0: and like yeah i mean you don't you know the personalities man if you have a personality nowadays man it's gonna take you a long long way because a lot of guys they don't not that they don't they just don't that's not their number one thing yeah you know, they don't enjoy promos uh, or anything. They just want to perform. And I mean, that's fine, you know, but I'm thankful that God gave me a personality so I can go out there and spew my bullshit. So I ain't got to sit there and bump all day long. Like, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I hurt watching some of these kids work because they work so hard. I said, man, I'm damn glad I got a personality. Fuck. There's like, you know, I mean, great, great kids. There's just
1: like one part of wrestling that I feel like a lot of people Maybe I would say students unnecessarily wrestlers like don't understand there's like there it is there's a bit of like acting to it to where you yeah. you have to play a part so you just can't be like well I'm so and so from here and I'm gonna wrestle blah 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 like you need to do something and that's kind of a callback to you know the work that you do in old wrestling of that's like an example of like you just can't be yourself at all you have to put some thought into it
0: yeah, you sure do. You got to, I mean, you got to think about like the, the role you're playing. And, and to be honest, it's not too, too much different than what I am personally, you know? Yeah. So I don't really have to play a whole lot. You know, I always tell people in wrestling, it's your, your, you know, your gimmick is who you are,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Five by a million, you know, and I'm just lucky that I get to be myself. I get to play myself, you know? I don't. There's not too much exaggeration with, with the human being me and and uh, the wrestler me. That's they're they're pretty close mm-hmm. to who it is. I mean, I am a country boy. I do live in a freaking holler. Uh, uh, you know, I'm just you know, I, I got rocky boots. You know, hunt, fishing, ice cold beer. You know, uh, you know what you see is what what I am. Mm-hmm. My gym's out into a. So, you know, a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys in wrestling just need to do that. They don't need to try to be something that they're not. They just need to be themselves mm-hmm. and try to amplify it by a lot because the one character that you can play and you can play well, is you. Mm-hmm. Now, some guys, you know, they really struggle with that part, but if they can try to be true to themselves and, and what they are, it might actually help them down the road.
1: Yeah. The, the turning yourself up to 11 is is definitely a key but i think probably the problem is is some people just they don't know how to like turn that up or just turn it into where that can translate into just something that you you are remembered for because i i think when you you have people coming to shows especially if it's their first time like who are they going to remember more and i mean i've seen you know my fair share of wrestlers to where it's just like you're just being like really bland and generic And you've been doing this for a while, like, or you need to put like a little bit more thought into what you're doing.
0: Well, I think, you know, and for me, it's really worked out for me because if everyone's wrestling as hard as they possibly can, and then I go out and be me, they're going to remember me. Mm -hmm. My personality would dictate the fact that you will remember me. Uh, They, won't, you know, they won't be able to remember how many moves I did or. it's kind of weird how wrestling went because back in the nineties, it was all personality and then not as much wrestling. Now it's more wrestling and not as much personality. There are personalities, but it's not as much as it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think you still need to cut promos. You still need to build stories and build emotion because like I tell everybody, you're not in the wrestling business. We, you know, we don't sell wrestling. We sell emotion,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? So that's what we sell if you just go out there and do cool stuff and that's cool, but you're not making your, you're not making yourself any different than anybody else. They always told me if you're cutting a promo and everybody's yelling and everybody's screaming, you need to talk. Mm-hmm. So if everyone on a wrestling show is flying around the ring, I'm going to be the complete absolute opposite. I'm going to grab a microphone. I'm going to refuse to lock up for 30 minutes. And then we're going to finally have a match. And by the time we have the match, you're, you're excited that we did something, you know, it's, Pro wrestling psychology.
1: Sounds Sounds like you learned that from Tracy Smothers.
0: I learned that from Tracy Smothers and, and a lot of the other guys. Yeah. Like, I don't understand in wrestling. Like I hear stuff about young guys that don't want to listen to the older guys. I'm not saying me. I appreciate the guys that do listen to me mm-hmm. when I give advice. Being at, like, at a wrestling promotion, having guys like Tracy Smothers, Dutch Mantel, Rob Parker, and not wanting to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying you have to do what they do 100%, but, man, you could take a little piece. And I've had guys tell me that, and I've actually been in wrestling locker rooms where we were talking wrestling, and a guy said, you know, if Stone Cold Steve Austin gave me advice, I wouldn't take it. And I looked at the kid, and I said, what the? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, he don't know how what it's like to wrestle today. And I'm like, okay. Well, I don't want to have anything to do with you, but... I, I I couldn't believe it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, give you advice, you wouldn't take it. And a lot of guys like that. They don't, you know, they they won't take advice. And not all, a lot. Mm-hmm. I could understand someone not taking advice from me because I'm going to tell you to grab a headlock and sit down. And <laughs> that only works for me. So it's definitely different. It's a different world. So, right. But you got to adapt and I'm not ready to adapt. <laughs> I can't speed up anymore. I'm done. I
1: think the counterpoint I would have to that person that said that I was like, I would be like, well, you know who took Stone Cold's advice and is a wrestler today? His name's Kevin Owens. And look, and look, yeah. or, look where he's at now. And th- that his interaction with Austin has been like, you know, he's talked about it a lot of where like he looked for advice. Austin gave it to him. Yeah.
0: Well, well, what do they know, right? <laughs>
1: Like I can kind of understand like, well, he doesn't know, but like, there's going to be some like, kind of like what you said, there's going to be something that he knows like, man.
0: Yeah. He, I, I can't understand. Like, you you know, it's a business, right? Yeah. You should want to do this to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's end of the day. That should be the goal. Shouldn't be how many bookings you can get. I mean, if you're trying to learn, that's a good thing. But if you get to a point where you can make good money justify what you're doing then you should Mm -hmm. it's all about making money to me it's like you know do you do you do uh, anything on here where you ask guys who the greatest wrestlers of all time are
1: no it's it's it's, it's too much of a generic question and i try to avoid
0: those well it tells you a lot about somebody Mm -hmm. like if i if i'm on a road trip with it with a bunch of young guys right yeah i've got to know who their favorite wrestler of all time is i need to know who it is because that'll tell me a lot about the kind of wrestler that you want to be. Yeah. You know, like me, you know, I get a lot of hell for for this, but my favorite wrestler of all time, I'm sure people know, it's Hall Hogan. Yes. He's yes. the reason I'm in the wrestling business. And to me, he is arguably one of the five or six guys that you can say is the greatest pro wrestler of all time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's like five or six guys that you can put in this conversation that I will accept. Like, don't tell me someone's a a a better wrestler than Hogan because he wrestles better than Hogan.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I, you know, these guys. Hogan's better than these guys because Hogan draws more money than they do. So I get guys that'll say, "People, well, I like this guy because man, he's such a good technician." And then, or it just tells you a lot about who the wrestler is. You know that what what you're going to deal with. Yeah, you know. And yeah, that's a very important question because when they when they see when they say who's your favorite, so I say Hulk Hogan. They go, oh. and so they think that we're not going to do nothing. But Hulk Hogan did nothing and drew millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Austin. Austin was a really great wrestler in WCW. He went to WWF, started stomping and punching and flipping people off. Did less and made money. Yeah, like you know. So that tells me a lot about. What they are like. Sometimes I get answers, and I just dread what I'm going to deal with that night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Oh Lord, this guy's going to want to blow me up and kill me and run me wild." But uh, but if do that sometimes because that really tells you a lot about the wrestler. Yeah, is who their favorite wrestler is. Like I know I'm going to have a night off if someone tells me their favorite wrestler is the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. I'm like, thank God, <laughs> I got a night off. Praise
1: God, you know, <laughs> I, I it's funny because I think as a fan, like I look at that question differently. And I mean, you just kind of like opened my eyes to something because for me, like I think of like just like what I enjoyed the most, not necessarily what I want to be. But what, as far as what even I've learned listening to like the IW podcast or just some of those wrestlers to where, the, you know, they're encouraged to like, well, what do you want to be like? Well, go watch this. And sometimes like it, you know, it might be against like who your favorites are. Like for me, like my favorites were Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels. But yeah. you know, do do I have love for other ones, like other wrestlers? Like you you mentioned Hulk Hogan. Like Terry Belea might be a big piece of shit, but what Hulk Hogan did in the ring and all that kind of stuff, like I you can't see it. I have three wrestling buddies by my wall, and it's Hogan, Warrior, and Savage. And like I grew up right at the tail end of Hulkamania. And I, I mean, I, I still have that kind of little bit of a fondness for all that, but I can recognize that like, okay, was he the most quote technical? No, but conversation. I think I did have with a wrestler, but it was like on TikTok where it was just like, yeah, Hogan isn't technical, but what did he do? He made money. That's what being a wrestler is like there. There's more than just wrestling. There's wrestlers out there who are really good at quote wrestling can't cut a promo to save their life
0: yeah man it's about money mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 like when i hear promoters running shows and they don't care about making money like it makes you not want to work for them like i'm just like man you should be wanting to make money because i'm going to make more money like yeah. you know us ah, is my hobby ah it's not a hobby it's profession like let's treat. i think we should all treat it like a profession like everybody, even wrestlers. When I find out wrestlers get paid that wrestle for free, I, I, I blows my mind because mm-hmm. they're actually undercutting people that deserve to be paid. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and promoters that don't do that are nobody worth messing with here. You know, it's undercutting.
1: I mean, hearing some of the horror stories I've heard, even one recently where, uh, uh, a company in Indiana was kind of thrown under the bus because, the dude paid a wrestler with bible verses like dude seriously what the fuck
0: well i know the guy that that promoter uh uh-huh. and he always paid me mm-hmm. with a with a bunch of money mm-hmm. you know so i'm gonna call it i may call bullshit because i've never seen him pay anybody, or what agreement did they have? Granted, he should be paying people. Mm-hmm. It could have been a mistake, but I may call bullshit on that. There's a lot of wrestlers that don't like it because it is a church show. Mm-hmm. And they're already mad because they got to follow a certain protocol at the, the the church show. I mean, you're at a church show, you should yeah follow, you should be respectful. And he's, and he's never mistaken. So I'll leave it at that. You can cut that, or you can keep that in if you want
1: i'll I'll, I'll keep but. it in like uh, I mean it it's throwing out your side. Uh, i've you know, I've heard the other wrestler's side, and i, I just think my biggest thing is, according to the, the like the wrestler, that you know it there was an agreement in place, and he did get an envelope like ah maybe maybe it was a one time thing or maybe you know it was an accident. i I could see that aspect of it, but nonetheless, like, there are, at least I know other companies too, that, you know, do the underpay thing. Maybe I've always thought just from a fan side, like maybe if you were within your first year after tra- like while training type, type thing, I guess. Okay. But there's, there's a certain point where it's just like, if you're working for free, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. I'll just say that guy, he, he's done nothing but pay me. Yeah. Like more than i am asked. So he always, t- he, he was always a rock solid guy. And I ain't going to, you know, I, I may not say bullshit, but I mean, it could have been an accident. If they got something, I, I granted that he would put a Bible verse in my envelope with my money and it didn't bother me either read it or don't read it. You know, mm-hmm. it is a church show. You can't take that book and you expect, you can't be surprised when you get that. I mean, you know,
1: I mean, if the, for me, as long as there was money in it, then like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal if they threw a Bible verse in.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, you just can't be surprised. You work for a church show. Mm -hmm. You can't be mad when they expect you to do church stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd got, I I, I would take my jacket off that said I was the king of the one night stand. I would take it off. I wouldn't wear it there and just be respectful. Like, do I go to church? No, but, you know, I, I, I want to be as respectful as I possibly can. Yeah. So it just is what it is. So, I, you know, I'm sure they I'm sure he took care of them and paid them after the fact. Or I hope someone checked their envelope before they left the building. So if someone hears this, they're going to be mad. I don't really get shit because I'm done. I ain't going to deal with anybody's bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And if they would have had a problem, they'll just call me out on Twitter no one ever calls me out in person. If you got an issue, you call me out. They never call you out in person. They always call you out on Twitter. So when they're mad at you, that's how this world goes.
1: Yeah. I think I, I'm like, I might be like halfway guilty of that sometimes, but like I'll, sometimes if I have an issue, like I might not call someone out on Twitter, I might send a private message <laughs> at least. Cause then it's like, okay, let's, let's talk about this. If there, if there's, there's some sort of issue or, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Now, if you don't see anybody, like if I have a chance to see you, I ain't going to fight you. I mean, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go up and I'll tell you, we don't have to get along to to work together. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of guys I don't like that I work with. I mean, you got to be professional about it. Some people don't take that aspect of it. So, yeah, but, you know. But me being in wrestling, like if someone's got a problem with me, I'm an open book. Come and tell me. Don't sit around and beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Just hate it. Like you, I'll never, I'll never do a vague Facebook post. Like I know guys that'll get online and they'll put a vague Facebook post, and you, and you know who it's about. Just come out and say it if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't hide it. Don't try to deny it. Just come out and say it. And I just, but that's the old man in me about calling people out on Twitter. No, yeah, if someone's, you know, a pervert or something like this, pedophile, yeah, call them out quick as you can. Mm-hmm. And, and social media is one, but a personal beef, nah. Nah, that's that's a personal thing. It should be face-to-face or, or at least a telephone call.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, if you've got their number, you know, that's my take.
1: I, I even think it could be private messages, too. Just something that's personal between two people. Because, like, That that could help hash it out. The fact that like there's no audience, it's just you two. Sure.
0: Well, the thing that makes me nervous about, like when when you when you do a private message with somebody, Mm -hmm. they'll screenshot it. True. And put it out there for the world. If you just use your own words, it's between you and them. And it's not like you want nothing to hide. It's just you know you know it's nice to keep things private. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you know. Granted, now personal issues do work well in wrestling nowadays, but.
1: I mean, I feel like it's more than just nowadays, which, granted, it's more recent, but, like, look at uh, Matt Hardy and Edge when they went through, like, a very public thing, and, like, that that feud was great.
0: I consider them the old school. I'm talking, yeah. like, 2013 on or 15 and on. Yeah. That generation wasn't You gotta think, Matt Hardy and Edge were around with these big brute dudes, so they had to be, you know, you are in a hornet's nest, you were in a snake pit. Mm-hmm you know, a bunch of, a bunch of killers, you know, you're trying, I'm not saying guys today ain't tough, but I'm just saying, it was just a different world back then. Like, especially when I came up, like I had these old, big, mean grizzled vents that could hook you. And, uh, you know, it, it, it helped made you grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. it sure did me. I think that's why when I, when I branched out and started wrestling other places, I was so confident with what I was doing because like, man, it ain't going to get no worse than that. You know, but yeah, it's definitely a different world. But that Matt Hardy edge thing, boy, that's that's as real as it gets there.
1: Yeah. And that's that's like what to me one of the most memorable real life scenarios being put on screen and it just works so well.
0: Yeah, man. It's all about making
1: money. Yeah, because like kind of like what you were saying, like they both knew how much money was involved in all that. They were able to put aside their differences to work together. They both definitely made Hell of money off of that shit and
0: probably helped out both their careers it's all about making it, it's, it's if it don't make dollars it don't make sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: definitely a different place different world yeah it's kind
1: of kind of like switching topics a little bit but it's kind of like how i feel with a lot of i'm not going to name necessarily name names when i come across independent wrestlers that you know they have they seem to have no desire to get out from um what they're doing like actually like expand like oh, i'm fine with doing this and that but it's like if you got an actual dream of doing something understand like what you're doing ain't it like doing no one's signing you after two matches a month like if
0: you- yeah yeah yes yeah. you know it's funny i had a conversation with uh matt justice
2: mm-hmm.
0: at iwc what was it maybe a month or two ago <laughs> we were just kind of you know shooting the shit and you know, you know wrestling's real hard. You know, as we all know, it's a hard business to be in. But we were saying, do you? Ever, I said, I said, man, have you ever remembered the the shittiest guy on the shittiest show? And he was married, had like four or five kids, and he and we're out here sweating, grunting, dying of him because he had zero expectations of what he wanted to do. Like that was his. That was his WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That was his WrestleMania. It was doing a match every whatever you know we're saying man, if you're not you're, you know what i'm talking about too probably yeah. you can just see the guy and think man how happy is he and he's awful oh. he's just proud to be that guy i
1: i do want to differentiate from like when it's someone who's older and i say older as in like uh let's say late 30s early 40s and up but when oh, it's wait, like, but, <laughs> but when it's someone who's like young like they're in their early 20s you know they've been wrestling make a couple years and i i just look at it from the outside perspective of like if i was in your position i would want to get better i would want to put myself out there but are you are you really happy with like the two bookings a month or one booking a month you might get i mean if you are great but don't tell me you have ambitions to you know be at wrestle to work wrestlemania one one day because like just I that just, for me there ain't no way in hell that works like you have to work to get to that point yeah
0: yeah I mean you know especially I started when I was 26 mm-hmm. I can't imagine these guys 18 19 years old and they just have no drive in them mm-hmm. you know it just it is what it is I do feel like when you're that young it, it's like you're wasting your time and you're right but then there are some that just Look at it where it's not a financial thing. I, I still believe that they should ask for pay, even yes. if it's fifteen bucks. I mean, you are doing a job, you are doing you are doing service. Yeah. For and somebody, you know.
1: You you drove to the venue. Gas isn't free. Like you yeah. you need compensated something, and you you definitely need more than potentially what gas cost you. Yeah.
0: And and you are undercutting people. Mm-hmm. By doing it free, so you know you should you should get something, or you know don't don't waste your time. Because mm-hmm. I know guys that are just happy to work for free, and it blows my mind. We're all and promoters just use guys because they don't have to pay nobody. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does blow your mind, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> I mean, when I I see cards in my own area where I don't recognize like a single person on the card. I'm like, oh, this isn't necessarily a place I want to go to because of like some stuff like that.
0: Or- yeah, I can imagine, man. I mean, you got to be able to, to to pique someone's interest, mm-hmm. or it ain't going to do you any good. I mean, I mean, I see it everywhere. I mean, uh, work for places where they just got no drive. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they want to book shows to just hang out with people, be the friends and stuff. So, but. I've got to the point, thank God I could be picky, you know, for the mm. most part for what I, for, for what I wanted to do. You know, a lot of guys, I mean, I, I just can't imagine not getting compensation, like leaving my family and not getting compensation. That's insane, you know, especially when you get like promoters and they're like, well, the house was like, well, that's not my problem. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not my problem. I'm sorry that, you know, you shake my hand and you say this is what you're going to get. I'm not getting one last one penny less. I can't set that standard. And guys will be like, Oh, that's okay, man. You don't have to pay me. It's like, yeah, I mean, why don't you just undercut people more? You know, that's what they're doing. They're undercutting everybody. Yeah. I can
1: almost think maybe if it was once every, so once in a while, but I don't, I, I kind of look at it as like you, you asked me to work this show. I told you my rate, you agreed on it. And then after that, like you could have sold one ticket. That's not my fault. Like you, you agreed, like it wasn't like, well, you know, if, if this many people show up, you can pay me this, but if this people, many people show up, you can pay me this. Like, no, it's,
0: you you agree to that. Now, if I agreed to the house. Yeah, sure. It's whatever the agreement is. Now I have done some benefit shows for free, but you can only do so many of those because if you, if you, if you do more than what you do, then people are going to think that's that they can undercut you a little bit and you just can't let them do that. Like I don't reach out. I, I stopped reaching out to promoters like eight, nine years ago for bookings because the moment I reach out to them, it looks like I'm trying to get employment with them. So they can kind of start me off low. If they reach out to me, then I can give you my flat fee. I, you know, I can, I dictate how much, mm-hmm. you know, it seems when, when, I mean, a lot of guys will reach out and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you do it so much, you seem it, it sounds like you're desperate. And then these promoters, if, if you're wanting a hundred dollars, they'll go, "Well, I'll give you fifty because you called me." Mm-hmm. But if they call me and you say, "Oh, I can only give you a hundred. well, I'm, I want a hundred fifty. Then you got a little bit of more room. You got more leverage. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I feel. You got a little bit more leverage, and I can dictate what I'm what I'm getting and what you know, <laughs> what not.
1: And I would, I would think too, just learning from that. Cause I've, that's nothing I ever really thought about before, but yeah, like put yourself out there. But if you create your own, you know, brand, whether you want to say it was brand or personality or whatever it is, so like, you will then have people want to come to you. Then you don't need to be putting out those messages or at least not nearly as much because people are going to see you other places and go, I want him here too.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got, and, and the girls are the best at this. The girls protect themselves so much. Yeah. Like they really do dies. If it's free, you're wrestling for free. You get paid for work. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of guys, I mean, I see it all the time. Everyone trying to undercut somebody just so they can play wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. They're playing wrestler and they're happy to do
1: it. Yeah. I figure the women have like the advantage because there's a lot less of them
0: oh yeah yeah they have to stand up for each other they gotta take care of each other Mm -hmm. i mean i mean geez if they don't who will because i know the guys ain't going to take care of them guys are worried about their whatever they're doing yeah and the guys should actually be more concerned about taking care of. we should all take care of each other for one yeah you know but it's just, uh, th- this This will get me ripping and roaring, and I'll be cussing and swearing and raising heck, and my daughter just walked in the house, so this is going to get more PG now. Well, <laughs> I can't be swearing.
1: <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's change the subject to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, boy. God, fuck them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we talking about the six-time Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh
1: Steelers? <sighs> yes, the six-time Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: You know, how many uh and I don't want to hear about the NFL championships they won back in the fifties,
1: okay. Okay, NFL I mean this is what this is what I go by. NFL championships matter because you're not gonna just negate uh decades of like all these championships. Now, there's a lot of Browns fans that'll be like, Oh, we got we got eight I think it's they try to say eight championships, and I'm like, No, 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 no. The AAFC championships do not count. Did the Browns win them? Yes, but I'm not comparing them to the NFL championships that to me that you, you're talking about a money in a different currency that uh, that is no longer around. That money is worthless. The NFL championships at least matter.
0: I mean, I, I mean, I will count it like a division title. Uh, I mean, for I'll for, count it like they had they had four teams. It's just like, I, I, I think Babe Ruth's really influential as a baseball player, but he didn't play against any Dominican or African-American players, so it's kind of hard for me to say he's the greatest. He's probably the most influential in the history of the game because he made it to the heights that to where they were able to go and run with it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, 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 no. Like, 50s, 60s, once you start getting to 70s and 80s, then, then we can have that talk.
1: Oh, the, we start with the 70s because that's when the Steelers were were something because there were decades that they were literally like the one of the worst teams in the, the entire NFL.
0: Did you know that the NFL, uh, 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 the owner, the, pre, the, the guy that owned the NFL or the commissioner of the NFL, not the owner, he wanted to call the Steelers America's team. And they went to Art Rooney Sr. and said, we would like to call you America's team. And Art Rooney said, "No, thank you. We're not America's team. We're Pittsburgh's team." Yes. So technically, the Steelers are America's team. So, and 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 you can't dispute that because you go to any away game where the Steelers are playing, and there's usually more Steeler fans there than a lot of the home teams. Not the Browns. The Browns. I mean, the Browns fans. I mean, are loyal, and it's and it's kind of their fault that the Browns suck. Can- and And. and and hear me out on this and, and, and you can tell me piss. You can tell me pee off here. Okay. <laughs> Daughters the you guys are so loyal. You guys sell out the, the the stadium all every game almost. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Like I, I, ironically enough, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about this article of like the most loyal fan bases. And they literally had Cleveland at 31 and they, they didn't even list all 32 teams because uh, for some reason they left off Washington. But, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, that's bullshit. Because when this team was was horrible, like those the games were still like a thing to go to.
0: So if you guys would boycott, I mean, if they're putting a bad product on the field, which I don't think their product is bad now, I just think they they're in a rough division. Yeah, you know, if you if if them crappy products that they put out, quit being loyal and putting money in this. Why would the rich guy change anything if he's still making money? He's still making money. Yeah. If you put heat on them, if you're not selling out, then you better get you a product on there that that'll fill the stadium. Like I bet I'll, I'll guarantee 150%. If the Steelers started sucking bad for 10 years, their tenants would drop. It would drop and it would force the Rooney family to rethink what they're doing. They, and for one, they wouldn't wait that long to suck. Oh, yeah. They'd have a bad year and they, you know, why try if i mean my, why try if you're going to sell out why
1: my, but my counterpoint is uh number 1 if they win they do make more money and they also can be like oh yeah uh we're raising season ticket prices we're raising ticket prices we're raising this we're raising yeah. that but they need to be good so d- is it a little bit easier for them right now yes but make them a championship team I could only imagine like how expensive things would be not to an outrageous price, but it's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're now like the thing to be, well, you've always wanted it. Well, now you got to pay for it.
0: I think the stadium would blow up. I think the the city of Cleveland would blow up if they ever won a super bowl. I think (laughs) it would, I think it would be the end of uh, the city of Cleveland. I think it would implode from within losing their minds, at least for a championship. And then as soon as LeBron left, they turned their back on him.
1: Uh that that is mixed between fans like you yeah. you know I don't know if you can see it I got my LeBron jersey behind me. So I'm, I
0: love LeBron James. When he left I the, love LeBron.
1: when he left the first time I was bitter. When he came back I was like okay let's see how this goes and when we won the championship I was like okay I have no ill will towards him. I actually do want a, a Lakers LeBron jersey. But going back to there's a lot of stuff that you said that like I'd love to like get into uh, number 1 i won't debate you or disagree with you on the whole america's team thing i've i've said for a long time since like especially when i was over the road and everything that the pittsburgh steelers are the most loved but also the most hated franchise in the nfl
0: i would say i would argue to the point that i think the cowboys are more hated.
1: uh p I, we I, it's different <laughs> People hate the Cowboys because like either A, because of the 90s run or B, the fan or friends that everybody has that are nostalgic because of that 90s run and never shut up about it. Steelers are hated for different reasons from different franchises and hated. I always say, too, it's it's a sports hate. It's not like, you know, you want to see these people die, but it's just like the rivalry. I don't know. Hey, I've
0: been to some NFL games where people would rather people died, and they're like, I mean, no. NFL games. I don't want to take my daughter to an NFL game because of how
1: stupid people act. Oh God, that, that's a whole thing in its own. Like I, I have like my own rules for games. And the number one thing is like for, for, I'll just say for the Browns, um, you should only wear a Jersey or clothing of one of the teams playing Don't show up to a Browns Cardinals game in a Steelers jersey because you are an asshole. But but if it is a Browns Steelers game, I will not disrespect Steelers fans. Could there be some like shit talk, you know, playful stuff? Yes, but it won't be anything that is over the top and could be taken as like a a death threat. Like no, like we're, we're we're both here enjoying this game. Just like I've had people say like oh. I'm afraid to go to a Steelers game and my Brown stuff. I'm like, if the Browns are playing, I'll still, I'll go because like, we're, we're both there to watch the game.
0: Well, let's agree on this. Mm -hmm. The city of Pittsburgh and the city of Cleveland, they're the same type of people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're, they're blue collar, you know, one's a steel mill town. They're both industrial towns. I mean, everyone's, it's a blue collar, blue, blue collar town. They're the same people. They just like different teams. That's really it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like Dallas and Pittsburgh hating each other. I mean, because Dallas is Texas and, you know, yeah. I mean, just as a big metropolis, like New York Jets, you know, these are two blue collar towns mm-hmm. that would be small market teams in baseball, but the NFL makes it to where they're all big, <laughs> Yeah. you know, but uh, they're the same type of people. They both love football. You know except one just happened to be more successful you know no big deal
1: well the, the fun thing you like you mentioned about the rooney family that you know it was one at one point it was quoted back when the steelers were horrible and the browns were good that uh what was it art rooney like he he really wanted to be like the browns he modeled like certain things after how they were doing things like he, he idolized them and then as like things happen throughout time like literally like they change f- changed places to where the Browns became that type of franchise and the Steelers obviously, you know, ultra successful, like literally everything they've done since the seventies. It- it's really hard to knock because, you know, they've only had fucking what you guys got like
0: three coaches. Yeah. I would. Yeah. You've got, you had Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin since 1969. Incredible.
1: Yeah. Three. Like, <laughs> The Browns have had that in a season. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: It's, 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 it's the blueprint, man. It's the blueprint about how to, how to, how to be you know, successful. 50, almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe a handful. I mean, you know, bad. I don't think they've been terrible, but I think that, well, they were, I think they're one in 15 and 69, and then they got better after that. But, mm-hmm. That was Chuck Knoll's first year, and that was that draft class. We had Mean Joe and then Terry Bradshaw came a year after or something. And they started drafting all the steel curtain. Which and you guys could have took Jack Lambert from uh Manaway, Crestwood, Ohio. Yep. And I said that correctly.
1: No, 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 no. I was saying the school, Crestwood.
0: Oh yeah, 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 crap. But I but I people give you crap when you call it Mantua man away yeah
1: man yeah i I mean i grew up in literally the same uh uh, what do we want to call it the same sports conference we were the at that time we were the pcl
0: yeah and you're in jack lambert stadium up there yeah which is pretty cool but and the browns could have drafted him they should have and he took it personal when they didn't draft him and then he just wouldn't become an absolute menace two times a year (laughs) but that's how it is like can you imagine like like the Browns passed on Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and I mean he then he he went on to become a a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, He's got a great podcast too, by the way. I, I I know you're a Browns fan, but it's actually it's pretty good. I actually like listening to it because he had Bill Cowher on there. He had Mike T on there. I'll
1: know. I'll openly say that I I don't respect Ben Roethlisberger that much, but. I, here's what i want to say because i don't i don't it's not because he's a Steelers fan uh steeler there's a lot of like things he's done in his career that i thought were stupid oh yeah and, and' not even talking off the field stuff i'm just talking about bad decisions like there was one year uh i think it was like beginning of training camp he was being interviewed and he was like yeah i've had like an issues with my shoulder all off season but you know I, uh, I didn't do anything about it and then like literally like he got injured halfway through the season it's just like yeah dude that's on you but yeah I will say this: There's one Pittsburgh Steeler that if I were to meet, I would shake his hand and tell him how much I respect him. Let's Hines play, Ward, right? No, actually, I don't. I do not like Hines Ward either. <laughs> uh, can, can you actually guess? I will say this: He is re- recent, as in he's played within the last decade. I'll say he's. Yes. I think he's in the hall. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I can't, I can't. He won't
0: I, be in. No, 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 no. He no. lost his mind.
1: No, no, no. The the Baldwin. the one that I'm I'm thinking. I'm trying to. I can't remember if he's in or not right Keith now. Keith Miller. No. Troy Polamalu.
0: All right. I I, know, I was getting ready to go there, but I, I have, can't believe. I mean, how could you? How could you miss that dude? And screw Ed Reed. Troy's Troy's way. Troy's ten times better than him. I don't care anybody. Ravens fans are stupid. But uh,
1: Troy Polamalu on the field. Was amazing, and then a lot of stuff I've heard off the field, also amazing. His head and shoulders commercials, fucking hilarious. Like I, like I don't, and I don't think I've ever heard a bad word said about Troy Balamalu. He's a good guy. Yeah, so he's one dude that I would love to like because he might not be in the Hall of Fame. Like if I were to run into him in Canton, he's in. He's in. in. Okay, some of these classes I've just blanked on who goes in and who doesn't, but um. I actually had a friend who bumped into uh Bettis right after he got into the Hall of Fame cuz he actually lives in Canton and like I think it was like he just went to a Denny's or Bob Evans or something like ran into him the mon- bus yeah the <laughs> ran him into mon- uh the monday afterwards and even like he's a Browns fan and, like he you know gave him you know some respect of like you know how much respect he has for him and he he's another one like I remember when it took him like years to get in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, "Listen, I'm a Browns fan, but that's bullshit." One year, okay, but you have I think they might have done like 3 years. He should have been in first or second.
0: I uh let me ask you this. Do you put Big Ben in? Mm. First ballot? Okay,
1: here we're we're we're, we're going to talk some real shit now. Like he he's got a lot of reasons to go in. But with what we've seen with the particular quarterback choice in Cleveland, does th- those parts of Ben Roethlisberger's past get brought back up? I, I, I'm on the borderline because I, could, I could see people just being like forgetting it, and then I could see people just. This is a guy that did this and that. Why would you honor him?
0: Well, the NFL man, they've got a lot of crappy people in their Hall of Fame. Yes, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they still got a lot. I mean, the NFL got a lot of horrible people. Yes, you know. You know. Lt's still in there for what he got convicted of, you know. OJ, I was about to say, yeah, OJ. (laughs) Shit. I mean, yeah. But but, I mean, yeah. I could I could sit and talk football all day. Now I need a question to ask you. This will tell me a lot about you. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? mm,
1: Greatest or my favorite? It's got to be the.
0: Who do you think the best? I'm biased. I I do say LeBron. All right. Now I love LeBron. And I was leading the charge on him being the greatest of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Until the last couple of years with the Lakers, mm-hmm. that would have never happened with Michael in his prime. Mm-hmm. Like, do I? LeBron's the most complete player of all time, but man, Michael Jordan just had that dog
2: mm-hmm.
0: inside of him, you know. And, and you know, and I, you know, and you get people that try to tell me that the guys in the '80s and '90s watch basketball today. And how it's played, this is like Dennis Rodman saying that Larry Bird wouldn't be any good today. I'm like, we just saw what Larry Bird would do with Jokic, mm. and Larry Bird, Larry Bird had had a little bit more dog in him than Jokic
2: did. Yeah,
0: Larry Bird had dog in him. He was a dog. You know, I, I, I enjoy basketball, but I hate the game today. I hate let's just dribble down and fire it up from half court. I hate it. I hate what Steph Curry did to basketball. Yeah. Oh, for he's influential. Yeah. I mean, for me, high school basketball games, people firing up 40 footers.
1: (laughs) It goes for me, like, even like kind of like, I think we were talking about baseball before we started recording where it's just like basketball is too long. Baseball is too long. And with baseball too, like baseball is my first love. That's the first sport I started watching and started following. But I, I I don't get into it as much as I much as I do NFL. Yeah. And and my favorite yeah, my, fa- my favorite basketball player of all time
0: is Shaq. Love Shaq. I mean, yeah. Like I you know, when I was done, I when I'm done wrestling, they're like, what do you want to do, you know, besides, you know, with your family? And I said, I want to do TikToks where I talk about my favorite things that I've never got to talk about. Like, who do I think the you know the greatest who do I think the top five greatest wrestlers are the top five greatest football players, the top five greatest quarterbacks, you know, rock bands, what bands do I think suck? Mm. What wrestlers do I think suck? And I'd probably never go there because I have too much respect for anybody that's done this to Mm. to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I may do that because I love lists and you'll talk about like I watch these, I get on TikTok and I watch these guys. They say, who's the greatest third baseman of all time. Is? And mm-hmm. I'll fight people when I say, I say it's George Brett. He's my favorite athlete in the history of anything. And, he, and I'm a Reds fan yeah. and I love George Brett, but I get so mad at people. Cause I love list greatest football teams of all time. They're my favorite thing. My top five favorite movies of all time. What? You know, I've never been asked that, but I would always like to do that and talk about it. You know, yeah, I just think that would be fun. <laughs> well, well,
1: here's the thing with, t- with TikTok uh, and like I'm on there. I got a decent amount of decent following and w- I've watched wrestlers get on there. The ones that really drum up a following are the ones that step outside of the wrestling stuff. I like, well, here's a yeah. clip of this. Here's here's this where. Literally, like two of the most followed wrestlers that I could think of that are like independent wrestlers. They're honestly, and there's no shot towards them. They're complete no names, but they have managed to do other things that made people go, "Oh, I'm gonna follow this guy," or like, "Oh, I I like what what he's doing." Like one is more he does more figure related things, and another one, I think he does more comedy related things. And I've watched other wrestlers. Uh, there's one, uh, out in New Jersey, Shane McCoy, like she started getting into more like music stuff. Like you can put your wrestling stuff on there, but if you show your real personality, people seem to love it. And the, 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 you'll no. get in, you'll get in people that are following you and like, Oh shit, you're a wrestler. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, this one guy gets on there and he said, "These are my top five favorite movies that I saw this year. Mm-hmm. His favorite movies I saw this year. But you want to talk about a wrestler who I think has done a really good job of getting his name out of there. And I mean, usually wouldn't like a guy like him, but I really get a kick out of what he does is Jack Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that get pissed off about what he does, but and being an old school guy, I hate the idea that the business get put out there, but what am I talking about? They've been put out there for the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. we know what it is and I get a kick out of what he does. So I really enjoy what he does and he's gotten bookings out of it. Yeah. I think if you're a wrestling promotion that does like, we'll just say the super indie style, why don't you book him in there and and let him be a heel? He's automatically a heel with that kind of crowd. Mm -hmm. And all he's got to do is come out and make fun of these guys and it would work. I think anybody should book that guy. I think he's great.
1: Yeah. But he, he's another one. You know? He's an oh, well, he's another one. I don't want to say that he uh he stepped outside of like wrestler, but he he made it to where people had a reason to watch, not like, well, here's yeah. this here's this clip of a match. Like, it you need something other than your wrestling to draw people in. This isn't Twitter, this isn't Instagram to where you want to highlight that stuff. TikTok, I've learned like literally, like for me, like I have. 20,000 followers but what really drum up my following because like I do a lot of wrestling related stuff talk about that and some football stuff literally like the two most watched videos I have like I just went off that path and did like some other things one I answered a question of like would you work a graveyard like from this time to this time blah 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 and another one was a guy said like I have all the I have every Funko Pop and I pulled out one that I had that I'm pretty sure he didn't have boom like both like one is over a million one is close to a million views
0: yeah that stuff seems to work out pretty good I mean uh, people want to know real life stuff yeah you know they, it's kind of nice to let people in to, to know who you are
1: yeah or just finding a way to like take your personality and like put it out there for people to see that they, they might not see in in the wrestling ring or your promos it's just something because I, I, I yeah. if, if we want to see those those videos they'll Right, those clips. Those are on other social media. All right, let's let's start to wrap this show up and let's get into the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T five time champ, and this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, this one should be interesting with you because I mean, I got a ton. I got to figure out which ones work best for you. Um, this that's a staple. I love it. Bacon or sausage?
0: What kind of sausage? Uh, just, links or patties?
1: Well, that's actually I, I have secondary questions for those. To where if people say bacon, uh, it kind of I ask them how they like it cooked, and then sausage, whether it's link or patty. Just kind of
0: in general. I gener- like sausage. Okay. I like sausage links from Bob Evans. <laughs> Go to the southeastern Ohio state.
1: Uh, who who was it? Yeah, uh, for a J-Lit weekend, you had. Oh, oh never mind. I'm not going to mention it right now. You you in a, a particular Wrestler, I uh, had your picture taken at a J-Lit Bob Evans weekend. And that guy might have gotten into some trouble recently, so I'm not necessarily going to mention his name.
0: Oh, yeah! I remember that right next to the hotel? Yeah,
1: a hotel yeah, that was us. a hotel that's no longer there.
0: I couldn't tell you, man. There's a lot of stuff in Cleveland that ain't there no more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number two: Favorite flavor of Pop Tarts. <laughs>
0: Man, I like strawberry. The one with the I can't think of it right now. We just had it here at the house, Linda. Hold on, Linda's here. Hang on, Linda. What's what was that Oreo? What was that Pop Tart we got? Cookies and cream. I like it. Yes, I haven't had that. cookies and that, cream.
1: I think I haven't had that one in a while. That now I kind of want it.
0: It, 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 yeah, because I—that's one of my road snacks. It's Pop
1: Tarts. Mm-hmm.
0: Like if they don't have cookies and cream, I get strawberry. I like to—you know how they got the gas station? I'll just grab one, and that'll be my like snack. Yeah, yeah. That's that's legitimately like a road snack for me.
1: I'm not huge on strawberry because I—I I had it too much as a kid. Like my aunt that I had—that uh, I had growing up, she, she always had strawberry Pop Tarts in the pantry. And I, I just, I just can't eat them nowadays. But for me, it's s'mores.
0: Yeah, I love s'mores. Well, we, so, you know, my backyard is a swamp now, mm-hmm. and I got a fire pit down at the bottom of the, you know, and I got to wait till like August or September to even be able to do fires because when it get, the flat part where it slopes, we usually do s'mores a lot of time, but we can't go down there until a certain point because it's just a, a swamp. Yeah, you know, so. And we like s'mores, but cookies and cream, baby, I would say.
1: <laughs> Another good one that I haven't had in a little while, they have like an Eggo waffle one. Oh, really? Yeah. that I, I'm i a sucker for trying anything like as soon as it comes out. So they're like, oh, there's this new flavor. And I'm like, all right, I got to try it. That one was- Why not? That, that one was surprisingly good.
0: We had the brown sugar one here too, and I thought it was okay. I'm not a fan. I It was all right. I've
1: always- to me, that was always the boring pop tart.
0: Still a boring pop tart. Still a pop tart. That's
1: that's it's almost like what they say about pizza.
0: I mean, it's that yeah, <laughs> pop you know pop tarts a pop tart. So
1: when when people say like like you know even a bad pizza is you know still pizza or it's good pizza I'm like uh I, I, yeah
0: I, I'm with you I've had some awful pizza.
1: I, I'm always like yeah.
0: Did you ever have Chuck E Cheese pizza? That's like oh yeah that. That, that, that is horrible. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's a pretty rough one. Yeah.
1: All right. Question number three: Favorite game show? There's a lot of good ones too.
0: When I was a kid, a little boy down in southeastern Ohio in Nelsonville, I would sit up every night and watch. Will of Fortune. Passé Jack and Vanna White came and did a Wheel of Fortune in my hometown. I actually have pictures. So, uh, Wheel of Fortune, man. Passé Jack, he's he's quitting this year. So, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy being a close second.
1: There's something about that one two punch is like so nostalgic.
0: Yeah. One and then sh- Price is right's right in there too. So watching the Price is Right, but I'm still gonna say Wheel of Fortune.
1: When I was in kindergarten, by the time I came home, because uh, I we it was like half day and I did mornings, like right when I got home, Price's Right had like kind of like just started. Like for the day, not necessarily for its run. But I had, like, so many memories coming home, eating lunch, and just watching Price is Right. Man. One one game show that I love right now, and it, it's amazing, like, how good it's become, is Family Feud.
0: With Steve Harvey, he's great. Yeah. like Great.
1: I just watched a documentary last night where they kind of, like, were talking about, that was just, like, one you find on YouTube, where the guy was talking about, like, where it went from when it was canceled, uh, when Richard Dawson came back. And then like up until today and like everything it went through. And I, I will, I'm willing to debate with people that Steve Harvey is a better host than Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson's great, but Steve Harvey took it to another level.
0: He's entertaining, man. Mm -hmm. he got the personality to get it over. And so yeah, it's yeah.
1: They brought up a point on the documentary. I'm like, Oh, I never thought about it like this. Cause like, I love that when you give a bad answer, Steve sometimes will kind of like let you know. And supposedly they didn't want him to do that, but it was it was like this is what the viewers at home are doing. I'm just giving like that a voice. like it doesn't have to be like this like we have to be like, oh, good answer, good answer." when like, yeah, that we know that that's a bad one,
0: yep, but when it's a funny one, he pops and sells it too,
1: yeah, and him him being a comedian, he could just improv so well on a lot of He's that a stuff.
0: West Virginia Cleveland guy,
1: oh yeah. Question number four, I really, I really enjoy this one. It's a little different. Uh, what deodorant do you use?
0: Oh, uh, degree. Really? Yeah. I, I have to use the white, mm. uh, whatever the hell they call that. I have to use it because I, I break out when I get blue clear one. I break out, I'm allergic to it. So I've got to use degree. And I have to shave my armpits so I don't get all the hair stuck up in it. But it, it works better. <laughs> so I use degree. The one I get, the Dollar General. That's where I get my cologne, which is Brute. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm more of a Old Spice fan. I've most of my deodorant using life because I don't want to say my whole life, but you know, since I've been using deodorant, it's been mostly Old Spice.
0: It, that's the kind my dad used, but I'm allergic to all that. Like I love the the aftershave. Mm-hmm. So I tried to wear it and it broke me out. Like, you know, just had a big reaction to it. So I can't ever wear it. I love old space. Yeah. So, yeah, it breaks my heart, but I'm a degree guy.
1: All right. Question number five.
0: Um, wings. Bone in or out? In. <laughs> what kind of question is that? What kind of guy doesn't eat the bone in? You don't want to get his hands dirty?
1: <laughs>
0: bone in. Palm garlic With ranch A shit ton of ranch
1: I don't think I've ever Used ranch on anything Other than like A buffalo or mild Just grip it And rip it boy Yeah
0: Beat that bone down Suck that meat off That's how you do it
1: I love me a good Just
0: Barbecue bone in Yeah But Oh barbecue bone in Oh my god That's how You get better flavor That way Mm
1: -hmm. I mean I'm not really a, A boneless wing person But I'm just saying Like in general Like it's My pick is uh, bone-in and barbecue the only thing though like barbecue differs from place to place so what i will use as like a litmus test is some places like buffalo or mild wing because you you can't fuck that up or you can't make it that much different like it's just mild
0: sometimes i'll get a mild and half mild half palm garlic
1: mm.
0: but yeah i would say so yeah bone-in without a doubt uh all
1: right question number six that i Tailored to my guess, and I think this is perfect because you kind of mentioned it. Give me your top five movies of all
0: time. Oh my gosh. All right. So I'm going to start number five oh, Armageddon. Okay. Number four, Godfather Two. Three, Godfather One. Okay. I'm a mob movie fanatic. Movie number two, White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> okay. I based my entire career off of talking trash. Okay. So love it. I'm a trash talker. You know it. I like to talk trash, but my favorite movie of all time is when I was, little. it goes back to when I was a kid and I watch it every time it's on. This is going to kill my street cred, but Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Gene Wilder. No Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp ruined it. He made Willy Wonka look a little preverted and it upset me. Like it upset me like you wouldn't believe. Gene Wilder is the only man that should ever have played Willy Wonka. And I hear they're doing a, a a movie that's before, like a prequel, like yes. a coming to age Willy Wonka. And they better not mess that up. Or I'll find someone, I'll punch them right in the face. <laughs> because if, if, I mean, like, I mean, how do you get johnny depp to do that one compared to like how cool gene wilder was gene wilder is is and was the man so yeah that's my top five favorite movies
1: if i would have known that i would have asked you because i have a question uh on the list of who's a worse human being grandpa joe or jenny from forrest gump
0: (sighs) wow because jenny they're they're, Jenny, jenny had sex with him and she had aids and she kept leading him on and he was special needs. She had sex with special needs Uncle Joe was just lazy, so I'd say Jenny. Yeah. Like Forrest Gump did all these great things with special needs. And she had sex with him. That's that's what it was. But Grandpa Joe I saw a TikTok where this woman saw Uncle Joe like licking the, the, the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And she showed herself getting wound up about it. She said, there's something about Uncle Joe licking that wallpaper that gets me wound up. And it just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept showing him licking it. I'm just like, oh, that's great. So, yeah, I'm saying Jenny because, yeah. My yeah.
1: my only issue with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is there's this one part that to me is like the most boringest part of the movie. And if they did not have it in it, it wouldn't matter. And that would be Cheer Up Charlie. <laughs> like that is like I look at that movie in two parts everything before it and everything after it yeah. like the whole part I mean the whole part in the factory? the whole part in the factory is great
0: you had you had a white guy sing Sammy Davis Jr part you yeah. know <sighs> just the candy man <laughs> now, I like how some people spoke English when they're obviously in Britain actually never said that they're in English Britain but it was kind of implied but there was people speaking with with an American accent, then a British accent. that were in Britain, yeah. you know. It was kind of back and forth, but yeah, I, I, the the Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder, like dude, I, you'll catch me sometimes singing, you know, some of the songs that they have in it. You know, come with me, and you'll see. You'll see me singing that. Yeah, sometimes myself. So yeah, so a lot of people just went like, "Really?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I was a little boy, and I love that movie." So eat it.
1: <laughs> For me, my top five, and I actually have mine in no particular order, are Tommy Boy, Ghostbusters, Scarface, uh, Clerks Two, and The Dark Knight.
0: I can't go wrong with that. And like, right? I never, I, I never saw Clerks. So
1: Clerks Two, I thoroughly enjoy. Like Clerks One is its own entity movie. Cause like how, uh, like when it came out in like the early nineties and then was made and everything, but like two came out in like 2007, six or seven. I can't remember what, Yeah, but I, I remember watching that in the theater. And then right outside of there, I would probably put, uh, Godfather. Like I've, I've went to the theater to go see that movie because like, I'm a sucker for, we're re-releasing a movie, even if it's just for a day in a movie theater. And I w- I managed to go to a, when they did it for Godfather just such a good movie I just sat down with my wife not that long ago because she had never seen it I'm like alright we're watching this because I love this movie
0: it's a great movie I'll watch it I've got another six hours I'll sit down and watch it you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like anytime I get we get something like that's cannoli I'm like leave the gun take the cannoli
0: take the cannoli
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, that that would be it any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go
0: no, man, I, I'm almost done. So I would say, you know, August 12th, you know, come to IWC in in, in, uh, in beautiful Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, and see me get into a steel cage match with the owner, Justin Plummer. I finally get him in the cage. So come on out and see that. And then I've got a, maybe got five or six more shows. Check it on Fight TV. I'm up in Greentown in Canada, Fight TV, uh, you'll never know when my last match will be. So, but it's coming, and I want to thank everyone out there for all the sport over the years. Uh, it actually meant a lot to me. So, thank you.
1: I'm just hoping you get at least one random gauntlet for the gold appearance because those are well. That's
0: yeah. Those that's that's my retire. That's my coming back out of retirement for one night to get mm-hmm. you know kind of a thing. But uh, you know that that's going to be my deal. Just let me come back in for random gauntlets and you know battle royals and stuff. But other than that, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that pretty much like wraps it up for me. I mean, yeah, I got my social media: uh, Jay Summers three three zero TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Hive, Threads. Got the show uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but like I, I don't, I can't really plug all that stuff because uh, yeah. shit, shit's over. Shit's over.
0: Fun. Yeah, man. Hey, man. If we're done, we're done, baby. I'm glad that this is the last podcast I'm going to do. So this is your last one, this is this is it, man. I'm glad to be your first. I'm glad to be your last.
1: Yeah, and I mean, much much like you, I mean, I might have things that I come out of, I might come out and do, but like wrestling cheers, done. That yeah. That is, that's never coming back. The Ohio Indie Report's never coming back. We're, we're wrapping this shit up.
0: Well, good luck to you, man. And my cat, so you see my cat got in the way here.
1: <laughs> my... <laughs> My cat has been outside of my office door, and like I know he's been like scratching at it because it'll move a little bit. (laughs) And
0: I'm like, it's melding here, man.
1: (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful orange orange tabby. We we have one too, named oddly enough, named Brownie.
0: Brownie, well, I'm wondering how I got that name
1: because I did. I wanted to name him after something Brown's related, and literally, it was right. We're talking like right before, or no, it was like right around the time of the. Brown Steelers playoff game and I'm like I'm not naming my fucking cat Baker or Mayfield I'm not doing it (laughs) I'm like he's not gonna last something's gonna happen and I'm gonna regret it and I'm like you know what I love the Brownie the elf I've always loved that logo let's name him Brownie so yeah so he's named after
0: well there you go at least you don't have any expectations for anything right
1: (laughs) yeah he's a uh, fairly pushover cat much like the Browns sometimes but anyway um you know that That wraps everything up. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers where everybody knows your name and it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but can't stay here.
0: We're going home. We're done.
1: The beat goes like this. Boom, 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 kick boom,
2: boom, kick boom, boom, kick boom, boom, kick boom,
1: boom, kick boom, boom, kick boom, boom, like the most important part of the track, it's like. Rollin' up in the whip, turn it up, that's my shit. Living life ain't no skit. Set it up, let it rip. Rhymes are whack, flowing debt. I am here to collect. Coming through to flip the script. All this noise needs to shift. How many rappers repeat the same bit? How many times will you say? This rips, this rips. Flying high up in the cockpit. Dropping bombs on your frauds. Counterfeit. Step up to the mic and transmit. Calling out your frauds. Counterfeit. Same old flows and beats,
0: y'all. The culprit. Calling out your frauds, y'all. DJ
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of your shit is trash.
1: Just quit. twist. Marching with your alt facts. Sorry. Creeping for some static to get your wig split Smash you in the face, down in the fight Force you to back inside like a hermit Make sure you don't operate without a permit Lamping round your house, having to be babysit
0: <laughs> Calling out your frauds Count up To beat like this. Mm. To beat like this. Mm. Mm. Mm.